Hello, hello. It is Zaid here with another episode of Drama Quest. Before we talk about our guest today, just a reminder to check the links that are in the description there. We have a whole link tree, tons of great stuff. So check that out. And in addition to that, I am now streaming with my lovely wife every Monday, Tuesday, and Saturday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Twitch, twitch.tv slash God. Please come check it out as we uh, die a lot on our permadeath characters. Uh, but with that said, let's talk about our guest. Today we are joined by none other than the very famous Dupree. He has led a ton of guilds on TLP servers, um, notably the TLP branches of the guild Magus Imperialis Magicus from Ralos Zek. And during his long tenure on Ralos Zek and Povar, he was a member of a number of guilds, but also, of course, a member of MIM. So he's here to talk to us today about a little bit of his time on TLP and Povar, but a big part of his time on Ralos Zek. With that said, uh, Dupree, the floor is yours. It's great to be here, man. Thanks a lot. Oh, thank you. So, uh, yeah, um, EverQuest, what can I say? It's it's a game that's changed all of our lives, right? Oh, yeah. Um, how did you how did you discover EQ? I was working at a video game store. Um, EverQuest came out my senior year of high school, so I was 18. Um, and I was I was just uh, it was one of those video game stores used game store and we would um, buy used games, sell them back to people, uh, get new games in and we would play them all night long in the store. But uh, one of the one of the games that you know we couldn't play in the store because we didn't have computers there was uh, EverQuest and the guys were like, you got to try this. You, you know, you got a computer at home. And I said, yeah, yeah, I do. So um, I was really big into tribes and planet side at the time. And hmm. that's, that was kind of what I was playing more the first person shooters. Right. Um, but they, uh, they, they're like, you got to try this out. And I was like, I don't know if that's something I want to do, but they ended up convincing me. And so I, I went out and I, I bought it. Um, I actually had to go to GameStop in the mall for it because we didn't carry it. And, um, yeah, I loaded on my computer, called them up, said, what server are you on? And they said, Rallosec. And, and that was the start of a very interesting and, uh, uh, amazing career playing this game so far. Having a cold start on Rallosec, like a hardcore PVP server is like getting thrown into the deep end. It kind of is. I, I think that uh, my time playing uh, Planet Side, especially, kind of helped with that, just because I was used to getting my ass kicked. Right. But um, you know, it was also very interesting because um, I didn't know any different in those types of games. There was no just PVE environment for me. It. Uh, I assumed that all the servers were PVP. Kind of. It was. Oh yeah. Um, I never really paid attention to the server labels. I just logged into the server where my buddies were at which is funny because after about six months they abandoned the server entirely and left me there Uh oh but you got they got the hooks in on you they did i uh um you know the server was just one of those things it was it was really interesting um we'll talk about this a bunch during my my storytelling but rallos really was the epitome of a fuck around and find out server oh yeah um reputation there mattered so much and it's funny because i was listening to your episode with uh, lyran about vulak and she was talking about how she had come back to everquest and the you know everybody was always you know reputation meant something you know if another another guild was the first one to engage a raid mob you didn't try to steal it and that definitely didn't happen on vulak um 
that's not that's the type of stuff that would start a war on Ralos. And right. wars there were not short lived. They weren't a couple days. They would last months. So your whole um, guild would become KOS if you guys did something real shitty? Yes. Yes. If not the individual, the entire guild certainly could be. Um, yeah. You know, usually what would happen is if you pissed off uh, the wrong person, your guild officers would be notified that they either kick you out or they can expect to be trampled on for a long time. That sounds awesome. I mean, it sounds so compelling to be to be real with you versus like having to just do hours and hours of meetings and politics on like a blue server. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that with our, our time on Lockjaw. I mean, oh, how yeah. many hours did we send, spend negotiating um, rotations and whatnot? Just never ended. I, I blame Dima, but you know what I mean? Uh, it was never ending over there. I'm right there with you. Dima Darth was, didn't uh, help things. Darth, uh, I, I had totally forgotten about Darth until I, I listened to your episodes. And man, that uh, that guy was a character. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. It's <laughs> just like, you know, sometimes hey, you take who's willing. We all we all make poor choices in our, our decisions in these guilds, but, but yeah, I won't hold it against you. Thanks. Um, so, hey, tell me um, tell me about like what was your first character? What'd you make? My first character was a uh, paladin named. Prim. Hell yeah! Hell I, yeah! Uh, to me, it was just the idea of a holy warrior was the greatest thing, and so um, I started EverQuest about a month after it actually launched. So I wasn't okay. there for day one. Um, but almost character. nobody was right. Like back then it was normal, like to have 20, 50, a hundred people in the newbie zones fresh every day. Yep. Yep. It was, it was definitely very much so that, um, but I was still there early when, you know, for example, on Rallis, you could, uh, the early part of Rallis, when you died, somebody could, uh, steal your entire, uh, corpse worth of loot. Wow. But they eventually amended that to one item and just the coins. Yeah. So one tradable item, I should say. One item. It couldn't be the weapons and it couldn't be in a bag. Was that the the way it worked? Was that even later? Eventually, the weapons were taken out as well and it couldn't be in a bag. Um, But I remember playing on RZ and just being like, I would get low health and I'd be like rushing to bag all my shit. Yes. Yes. You got very good at bagging everything. Um. In fact, the people who would use MacroQuest on EverQuest or on Rallos would actually utilize that feature where they just have hit a button and it would back everything immediately for them. It was crazy. Oh, that's whack. Yeah, it was. But you couldn't do anything about your coin. If you got killed, you lost your coin. Can you delete coin? I wonder because like, just out of spite, like delete all your plat before you get killed. You could back then. Um, there were a lot of things that people did that were really shitty back in the day. Like I, I remember being at the bank once and somebody handed me like 32,000 platinum or uh, copper. Oh, you couldn't move. I couldn't move. Yep. And then, and I, I, I was a newbie, so I didn't know what to do, but they handed me all this cash and I was like, this is great. Next thing I knew I was getting pummeled and I was dead. Right. And they got all their money back plus all of mine. And, and one it of my set up. Rallis had a lot of shenanigans like that. Um, I may have participated in a few of them. I remember sitting on the Kelethin bank, um, casting fear on people, and they would run over the side and die. Nice. Um, there were there were lots of fun things like that. Charming charming players and running them over and setting them down next to a hill giant and then breaking charm. That one I didn't do, but I never played an enchanter, so I had that done to me a number of times, though. And then you have to eat the EXP death, right? Because PvP deaths didn't cause you to lose EXP, did they? 
no, they did not. Um, but that, yeah, that was something that uh, a lot of a lot of the lesser liked players would do because they would they would just find creative ways to kill you. Yeah, well, that's you know, it's part of the flavor of the experience. Looking yeah. back, it really was. Honestly, if I could recreate Ralos the way that it was, I would go back and play there in an instant. Yeah, it wouldn't even be a question. It was it was such a unique server. The community was so very different from everybody else. The number one thing I remember from playing on Ralos because I, I played there casually as a as a, like a hey let's go check out this PvP thing. Yeah, I remember Funky Tunic gnomes in Crushbone, and then like there being like shouts like oh no it's that Funky Tunic gnome he's back, <laughs> and you'd have to like evacuate because no one in those low levels could kill someone with the Funky. Yeah, and it's it's funny because you know Ralos was by and large, behind the progression of the rest of the servers. We got the expansions at the same time, but we were so busy killing each other that um, none of us had really that gear. So when something like that came up and somebody figured out how to make themselves like a newbie in a funky tunic, they, they would reign supreme for weeks because nobody yeah. would figure it out. And then um, would people do the thing where they would they would level up and then de-level so their skill caps were higher than the uh, level range? Yep. That definitely happened because um, Ralos, you had to be within four levels, if you remember. Yeah. So they would they would definitely terrorize the newbie yards that way. Um, I remember watching uh, a rogue with his epic before they put the requirement of the level on there, running around Greater Fadar, just slaughtering people. Dude, that's crazy. All the way down. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, that was pretty common. And they did it because it was a great way to make cash. I mean, they'd only get two or three platinum here, but it's, it's, it's like killing easy mobs. You know, they go in once a day, kill all the newbies, get their two or three platinum from them and walk away with a couple hundred platinum by the time they were done each day. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that that sounds awesome. And I remember having a lot of fun. I, I remember, uh, don't ban me after all these years, dark pod, but Rattlesec was the first uh, server where I did any RMT. Mm-hmm. So I came in and I bought uh, I bought platinum so that I could get items, and I I bought uh, shoot what did I get? I got a full set of uh, peerless dragon armor from the Western Waste like trash dragons. Yep. And I was like, all right, I'm going to be killer with this, and it was like uh, Luckland I think at that time. Okay. So it wasn't like really great. Honestly, that armor was never really great, but for a newbie, it was dope. And I was like, I was like crushing people until the real twinks came in people with like blade of carnage and stuff and you're like oh yeah and there were a lot of those because i mean you know the story of of the sleeper on ralos but he stayed asleep for so long that that gear off of the original warders was prevalent i still have a mask of the tinker sitting on my my roke yeah from that time and i might have a box somewhere as well yeah yeah um so so you started as a paladin did you keep the paladin for a long time um, I, he never got past level 14, honestly. Uh-huh. And it took me a couple months to get to level 14. Um, it was that summer that I ended up making Dupree for the first time. Uh, was it a cleric? It was, I've always played a cleric as my primary character. Uh, buddy of mine had, had said, you know, you're, you seem to be doing all right with the paladin, but you're really going to enjoy a cleric. You should go try him. There's so much more powerful. You can get more done. Um, you know, you can solo. You don't have to always look for a group. I said, all right. So I gave a cleric a try and, and fell in love with it right away. It was it was an amazing character. I found that um, I did much better in the PvP realm with it. 
Oh, yeah. So a cleric really is just a better paladin. It really is, at least especially early on, because back then resists weren't through the roof, so cleric nukes could land on characters and and yeah, I found it was much easier to defend myself and kill other players with the cleric, so it was great. You know, Paladin. early on in, in EQ, the hybrids didn't have a good identity. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were just the worst option for the two classes they combined. Like Rangers, like their bow, their bow shit sucked. Um, Paladins didn't have any good group heals. And uh, I mean, Shadow Knights were maybe the best, um, but they, they still just were like terrible DPS and couldn't use defensive. So it's like, why? So. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't do them justice early on because they could have been amazing back then. Um, yeah now they're they're where they should be right but, i agree with that yeah but back then it, it was disappointing because i really loved the idea of of the paladin and it just didn't work out for me early on yeah so how long did it take you to get 50 on your uh cleric oh gosh um it wasn't a year but it was probably about six to nine months i you know, again, on Rallis, everything was slower because you spend so much time fighting other players. You could get into a really solid experience group and it would be ruined five minutes later because you'd have right. characters attacking you. And then so, it's a corpse run day. Yeah, it was really rare to get a true grind session going there. Um, I found I found out very later on that it, you had to be in one of the bigger guilds in order to experience that. And my first time around was not that, that, uh, or I should say my first couple of years there was not that, yeah. um, my, my first guild we'll we'll dive off into story time here for a second was actually called the Mysterian Knights. Um, they, uh, were a husband and wife were the leader of the guild. Um, her name was Mysteria. So in game. And so they decided to make it the Mysterian Knights. They were all about protecting her. They were very role play-ish. It was, it was really fun. A lot of guilds back then were super into role play, which w was a fun part of the experience. They they really were, and that was. Um, I mean, I admittedly I completely dorked out with that. I had a lot of fun with it, um, but that's part of the reason why I joined them. There was another guild called the Bane of the Living, and they were almost exclusively gnomes, and they nice. would tax the Minotaur caves. So if you wanted to go into EXP in the Minotaur Caves, or if you wanted to go in there to farm Minnow Axes to sell, you had to pay their tax. And you were only allowed in there for a certain time. They were really well organized. It was pretty funny. They would time the amount of time you were in there. And if you were in there too long, you'd have to pay an additional tax or they'd kill you. That's amazing. And That's what makes the game feel alive. It is. And so they had Steam Font on lockdown. And I remember... Um, somebody had sold me on my palette and a Minotaur X and it, this gets way too complicated, but um, the Bane of the living ended up coming and killing me. And they said, yeah, this guy didn't pay his taxes. So we're repossessing the X. Like that was the item <laughs> they took off my corpse. I, I don't know if it was a true story, if it was just complete bullshit and their excuse for killing me. But That's amazing uh, though. Yeah. So I was very upset about it. And I was talking to this guy who was in the Mysterian Knights. They're like, yeah, we're battling these guys. We're trying to free Steam Font from their, their treachery. And I'm like, well, Hell sign yeah. me up. I'm, I'm in for this. Let's go kill them. And so the, uh, I mean, the battle only lasted probably the course of a week or two. Like eventually the Bane of the Living ended up, uh, uh, disbanding because they pissed off enough people that they couldn't, uh, couldn't stay within their lane. So. So they, they were a short-lived early, uh, what we'd call a PK guild. But 
Um, right. Yeah. I remember people when I was on Rallosec being like, oh, yeah, don't join that guild as a PK guild. And I'm like, isn't mm-hmm. that like the point? Sort of. So that that was the there that was the label. You were either PK or anti-PK. Um, so basically just did, stood for player killer. Um, we all killed players, but the PK guilds would do it randomly. No rhyme or reason. They would just do it to steal your stuff. They would do it because they felt like it. Um, they would do things like camp the portal. So you would port in with a you know wizard port in Greater Fadark, for example, and there'd be three or four of them sitting right there. You'd get blinded, nuked down, and dead just like that. Mm. Whereas anti-PK, we're solving disputes with PvP. Exactly. Um, you know, we always painted ourselves as the heroes. The truth is that there were plenty of times where we used it to be assholes to other people. But we uh, we were at least consistent in being that asshole. So, so if you're anti-PK, you have free reign when you see a PK guild to just take shots at them, right? Yep, 100%. Yes, and that... Uh, they they labeled themselves that way. They got a reputation, and so basically everybody was against them. So there was no, well, you're picking on this guild. It was, they would literally do things like I just talked about, camp the portals and kill anybody who zoned in. Um, they made a lot of money doing it that way. They got a lot of kill shots. Um, kill shots were a big deal. Everybody always took screenshots of the players they killed. You had to post your little collage? Yes. Yes, I uh, actually ended up watching one last night because I was... Um, this part of the reason I didn't get to sleep when I should have, but I was watching one of the collages trying to see if I was in it. Um, I was act- <laughs> actually hoping to find my corpse in it. Right. Um, Cause it's, it's a story I'll tell later, but it was a kill that really stuck with me. And I found one for that guild and was hoping I would find my, my corpse in there. But unfortunately I didn't. Nah. But yeah, they, uh, the PK guilds were something else. Um, probably the most notorious throughout the entire existence of the server was Dark and Vain. Um, yep. And then uh, Flowers of Happiness and uh, um, Peacebreakers, which eventually became Peace of Formosa, who who we experienced on Vulok. So. Yeah, Peace of Formosa or was, was Lockjaw. Yeah, they, they were a nice guild to, to interact with. They were on, on Lockjaw. We hated yeah. them on Ralos. I don't know if it was the cultural barrier or just their style of play. It, it was their style of play, honestly. They didn't mesh with the politics on the server. Right. It's hard to interact with them with the language barrier. And I I would imagine that because... So for people who don't know, Pisa Formosa was uh, in a Far East guild, mostly like Japan, China, yeah, Korea. Taiwan, yep. Taiwan, yep. So... Um, they were probably on when you guys were at your weakest for numbers late on a late on a weekend night and suddenly like 50 piece of Formosa or, uh, you know, whatever, whatever their name was, they're rolling in yep. deep. Yeah. Yes. They were, they were definitely something to, to handle. Um, that was part of the thing that uh, led to one of the wars was they didn't respect the rotations that we had set up. So yeah, that was, that was the rebirth war, which we'll talk about later. Okay. So you're you're in this guild. How long do you stay in, in the Knights of Mysteria? Um, honestly, I wasn't there very long. I uh, maybe three or four months. Um, I ended up getting into an argument with the leader. Uh, I forget what it was about. I, I just ended up saying, you know what, this isn't the guild for me. I don't like the way you run things. I enjoyed our time together, but I'm going to go do my own thing. And so uh, at the time, this was probably midsummer at this point. And I had moved out of my parents' house into the uh, buddy of mine's house. Um, 
really interesting story. Lucky, lucky for a couple of teenagers. Um, not lucky for him in the sense that his, his grandmother had passed away during our senior year hmm. and his mom was her only child. Well, his mom had a house. And so his grandmother left my buddy her house when she passed away. So oh, he inherited wow. a house at 18. Super lucky for him in, in that sense. Obviously you don't want to lose a grandparent for it, but but uh, he didn't want to live in that house, so we worked it out with his mom where she would move into grandma's house, and we would take over her house. And it was great because my rent was essentially property taxes. That's right. all they ended up charging me for it, so it was great. I was able to move out of my parents' house right away, <laughs> and we had set up a game room in the basement with our computers, and he started playing EverQuest with me. Then you and can pay the rent in plat, baby. Right, just about, practically. But uh, unfortunately, I wasn't smart enough to get into RMT <laughs> back then. But I, uh, I remember we were sitting there for an entire day trying to come up with what's the best guild name we can come up with. And we debated it. We were like, we want something that, that you know, seems like it was ordained by God. And, and we were really look, we were totally being nerds about it. We were diving into the meanings of different words, looking at things in Latin and stuff like that. And we ended up coming out with a divine mastery. That's um, a good one. That's a good name. Yeah, so we we had fun with it. I uh, I look back at it now, going, God, we are complete nerds. We put way too much thought into that, right? But we we spent an entire day doing that, and we created the guild, and just started recruiting random people. Um, we had no rhyme or reason. We just wanted to find good people to hang out with. We, you know, at this point, I think um, Midsummer was, I think, when they released Plane of Fear mm. uh, for the first time, and. Um, so, I mean, we still had no concept of raiding. I knew that there were dragons, but we were nowhere close to being of level to take them on. So we uh, we made the Divine Mastery, and we recruited some random people and had a good time with that. I was actually, we did that guild for about a year and a half. Um, that was when I, towards the end of that is when things started to die off, and I really started to uh, look at getting into the raid scene full time. But, uh, yeah, so that was, Canark came out, what, two, mid-2000, I think? I, I think it did, or maybe February of 2000. That sounds right, because it would have been, oh. Oh, it came out in April, April 14th of 2000. So. Okay. But the epics didn't come out until like six months later, if I remember right. Right. It, it was deep in, in Kunark when epics yeah. came out, which is yeah. like the whole thing was like Vishan's Peak is the, the end zone. It's full of weapons. And then epics just made those all suck. But then back then, you had barely any epics on the server, even early in Valius, you, you barely mm -hmm. had any epics. So, yeah. Yeah. It was because I remember them being one of those things everybody had to figure out. Right. So, big mystery. Mm hmm. And so it was one of those, I had made a lot of friendships with some of the bigger guilds, but I kept my small guild. So I would get invited as a guest on a lot of their raids. Everybody needs a cleric. Yes. So that's, that's how I got a lot of my early raid gear. Um, that's actually how I got my epic. I don't think I was in one of the raiding guilds. Um, or maybe I just joined one. Because uh, I, I put in all the work. This was before the Pearl Shards. Um, so you had to camp rage fire when he would spawn in Nagafin's lair mm. for the cleric epic. So there, there was a lot of work to be put into it. 
and that was always a contentious thing to do. You know, I'd, I'd sit in uh, Nagafin's lair all night long waiting to see if Ragefire would spawn. And there was always somebody who wanted to come kill you and take over the camp. So that was that was definitely... Um, I, we, we got to the point where we would get a wizard in there before they would log out for the night and they would uh, uh, cast Gravity Flux and launch us up onto the wall nice. in Nagafin's lair. So at least we were up above everybody. We could see when they were coming in. We weren't hidden by the, the wall or anything. And we just had to really hope that Nagafin himself wouldn't spawn. Right. So, yeah. Oh, do you, what was the spawn time? Was it like random? You know what I mean? Or was there a certain timer? I mean, honestly, I don't remember. Because it was one of those we didn't do a good job of tracking it. Hmm. Um, at least not at my level at that point. Because it was there were two large... Um, uh, raid alliances on Ratlos early. There was Sabbat and Synergy. Mm. And they did all the killing. They had their own rotation set up to it. Um, at least I assume so. I was never in the politics for that. They ended up having a massive war between the two groups that established the long-term rotations on Ratlos. Okay. So raid mobs early on became rotated on RZ? Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of lot of rotation, a lot of agreements. Um, I don't know the early rules, but basically, you it got to the point where everybody, for quality of life, they kind of had a set set schedule that they would do, and so everybody agreed to those rotations. That's that's how the warders stayed asleep for so long on Ralos. Is they they had set rules, nobody broke them um, because they knew the impact of breaking them. Right. Otherwise, every single raid mob was just a day-long clusterfuck all the time, right? Yeah. It it honestly was one of those things that um, we talk about uh, uh, going back to your episode with, with Lyran and uh, on Lockjaw as well when they started to enforce the rotations because people were messing with each other's raids. On Rallus, all you had to do was zone in and kill the clerics. Right, easy. That, that would wipe an entire guild instantly. So just roll up and click a golem metal wand on the tank while he's fighting. Right, yeah. just strip him. All kinds of stuff. It it literally was one of those that we'd be doing a ch rotation, and next thing I know, my clerics around me are are being picked off one at a time, mm-hmm. and we'd be you know in tov fighting fulak or something. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. The, the ch rotations are super vulnerable to that sort of thing too. They are. So yeah, that was, there were many massive PVP battles in the raid zones and they got very interesting with all the mobs around. So now with those two uh, raiding alliances that you talked about, were the Mm -hmm. big three part of that yet? Mim, Wudan, and? Uh, No. So um, Ascending Dawn ended up forming after that first war. Um, Mm -hmm. They were essentially synergy. So if I'm remembering my history correctly here. So Synergy was a collection of smaller guilds that ended up forming into Ascending Dawn. So um, I know Fearful Symmetry was one of those guilds. Without having a list in front of me, it'd be hard to pick them out. But Man, but yeah, Zek had some good guild names. They did. They did. Um, yeah, they had the Begotten, um, Insanity's Edge. They had a lot of fun guild names. In fact, so Ralos was such the political server. There's actually a website out there that still has to date all of the player history tracked to it. Nice. Um, one, one of the players on the server ended up parsing logs um, that were submitted to him, and it would show dates that characters joined guilds, that they left guilds. 
um, their entire guild history, all the players that were in a certain guild, whether they're still tagged as in that guild or not. Um, he, he still maintains the website today. I think he stopped tracking towards the end of 2004 when it was clear that Rallos was going to be merged and there was no point anymore. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it, uh, it has all of the server's history on there. So, I mean, I could pull up a list of, of guilds and, and just read off the names, but yeah, that entire history is still cataloged out on the internet for us. Dang, that's awesome. If if we get a chance after this, if you can hook me up with the, the website, I'll put a link in the description for folks to check out. Yeah, I can do that. It's uh, it's a neat website, um, but that just kind of describes how truly political that server was because right. your movements were tracked. Yes. People had receipts. You know, remember, so, people forget that back then there was no guild window. So someone joined your guild. You couldn't get a list of who all was in your guild. No. Yeah. And it was really important to keep track of that from a uh pvp perspective because you had to know who was in a guild yep you had to know if somebody was potentially a spy but it's it's one of those that when the fights would really break out on ralos people would go anonymous so when you do a who in zone you wouldn't get guild tech so you had to know who was in what guilds quickly to know whether you had just zoned into potential danger or not so that is awesome and we would fight over exp zones control of them things like that um, there were plenty of times where we would uh, uh, be fighting over Sebelus and we would uh, just battle it out for hours. Uh, people dying left and right at the bubble, <laughs> um, zoning in, and we would finally win control of it. And everybody, hooray, we're fantastic. People start EXPing, and then as we get tired throughout the night, we we start to log off and pass out. And the next morning, the groups that were holding it gotten kicked out, and so now we're right. back at it again. And and redo we got it all. Our, our whopping 10% EXP that night before. You got a claw for every crumb. Right. That that really was the way it was. That's awesome, though. That sounds great. It was. I, I, I really do look back at my time there on that server and think of it fondly because of the relationships we had. So um, you mentioned Plane of Fear came out. When it first came out, there wasn't a requirement to be level 46 to enter, right? Uh, I don't believe there was, no. So did you guys go check it out, even though you were probably below 46 at the time? I remember traveling there and talking to some people, and we didn't end up zoning in. Um, they, they had basically okay. just told us that, you know, this is... I'd talking to one of the bigger guilds and asking them, what, what goes on in here? Like, what's this zone all about? Because um, we were sitting outside. We had fought through the... Uh, uh, Specs. Specs, thank you. I was drawing a blank on what they were called, but we had fought <laughs> through them and gotten to the portal, and I was like, this is so cool. And then I conned the uh, Cendrella or whatever her name is sitting right in front of the portal. Oh, yeah, the, the Erudite there. Yes. and there was like a GM event where she opened the portal or something, right? I think so, yeah. She was bright red to me, though, and I was like, eh, I'm not even going to try this. Not interested. Right. Um, I remember the Plane of Hate uh, opening way more because um, I was still very noobish. Uh, for fear but yeah I, I remember talking to him and i couldn't have been more than in my mid-teens with my cleric at this point um and i was like yeah this doesn't sound like a good idea guys let's let's maybe just bug out and go find something else to do yeah so we would have zoned in instantly lost our corpses and never seen them again yeah because this was back when you had to go loot your corpse so so yeah. and that was much harder to do on a pvp server when people were there to kill you as well so so, so yeah, 
impact that had on the gear must have been crazy. Like suddenly you had people running around in like fear armor or lustrous russet armor and stuff shortly after that. I mean, you probably had to be up in the higher end to, to even see the effects, but yeah. opening the planes must have been wild on Rallisec. Did you talk uh, about hate? Um, so hate, I just remember the event in Kithakor because I remember going to participate in it. Because um, yeah. they, they did, uh, oh, I forget the name of what they called it, but it was the, was it the Bloody Kithakor? Bloody Kithakor, that's it, yes. Um, I remember going to that because there was some big battle between, it was like a GM event that they did. Yeah. And I ended up getting killed by a random random player in it um, while I was there, but I just remember going to check it out because I'd seen the server-wide announcements, and I think I was in Freeport at the time. So I was like, well, this is close by. It's Let's right just there. go. Yeah, people were talking about it in Guild, like things, I guess there weren't, I don't know if there were server-wide announcements, but people were like, there's all kinds of undead spawning in Kithikor, and it's a GM event. Everybody get here. <laughs> so we all all started heading that way, and and uh, then I remember people talking about the Plane of Hate had opened up, and I was so excited to go see it. And we spent like three or four days searching for how to zone in. Um, you know, it had to be a zone point somewhere, so we were scouring every single map, and because um, we didn't know any better, all we had to do was really ask one of the bigger guilds, and they probably would have told us that no, you got to port up there with a wizard. But we spent hours looking for that zone, and only to find <laughs> out that uh, we had to get a wizard just to port us up. Yeah. So um, I remember going to Plane of Hate early and just dying, and I had to get help from some of my friends who were in the bigger guilds to recover my corpse. Um, ended up losing a lot of platinum that night because I had to pay for all the stones to get them up there. And we assembled a couple groups just to, to get to the zone in. And um, you probably never played when, when Plane of Hate was its original form, did you? I played, but I was definitely not going to Plane of Hate. Okay. All right. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was a multi-level zone. There was an upstairs and a downstairs and the pathing was terrible. Yeah. I remember um, hearing that like when you zone in, you just get jumped from Z axis all over the place. Yes. And you had to basically navigate the zone by crawling along the walls. The walls were slanted. So you would oh, yeah, they would go slide up them. Yep. yep. So we would navigate the zone high up on the walls and eventually we managed to get my corpse because like an idiot, I zoned in and I cast my invulnerability as soon as I got attacked and ran off. And so we had to find my corpse. So nice. Um, fortunately, again, that that just goes to speak to what Rallis was all about. You had friends; they were willing to drop whatever they were doing at the time to come help you. Right. That was just the nature of the server. Didn't matter if it was a PvP battle or you just needed help recovering your corpse. That's that's the way people were. So do you remember who got um, that first like CT, that first interrupt? Do you know? I don't. Um, Probably one was raiding alliances, though. Yeah. Um, there, there definitely weren't server-wides back then, so I didn't pay any attention to any of that, honestly. Um, I know that it was it was it would have been either Sabbath or Synergy. Um, if mm -hmm. I had to guess, I would say it was probably Synergy, just because I think they were the ultimately the more powerful one early on, but it could have yeah. been Sabbath as well. Cause I think Sabbath was the older rating Alliance. Okay. And AD would go on to become like kind of the top of the, the three guild, uh, meta later on. Right. Yes. Yes. They, uh, um, definitely were the original, original power guild. Um, that kind of was the, the number one throughout. So, 
Give me one second. I forgot to plug in my laptop and its power is going to die. So can you jump in? Um, was there anything big with Planet Sky opening or was that kind of just like not a big deal? Um, I remember it opening um, just because it came uh, before Canark because it was originally intended to be Canark yeah. content and they opened it so that we had something to do. Um, honestly, I, I don't remember anything too big about it. Okay. As I said earlier, Rallis was always really behind in the progression because we were too yep. busy fighting ourselves. So it would be really expensive to have a PVP paddle in Planet Sky too. It would, they, they occurred. Uh, but back then it, it also wasn't one of those things. People really didn't screw around in Planet Sky because the keys weren't permanent. They were temporary. So as soon yep. as you zoned out, I think even when you died, potentially you might've lost the keys originally. I think they changed that aspect of it. Um, yes, it made the zone way too hard, but yeah, you definitely lost them when you zoned out. So we would spend days camping, um, playing the sky and stay logged in. Yeah. So yeah, I, uh, I remember raiding my first playing the sky going, thank God I have cable internet. There's no chance for an interruption here. Oh, that would be terrible. Getting DC'd and then your keys are gone. Yes. That, that was so common occurred. back then. It really was. So yeah, that, uh, that happened to a lot of players. And, and so I remember just that thought that thank God I have cable internet. Yeah. All right. So you, um, you're still in your own guild, you and your friends guild at this point. Kunark comes out. Are you guys still in it? We are. Um, you know, it was, we had, I don't want to call it made it a role play guild, but we had a story. Uh, my buddy was a dark elf and I was a high elf. So we had a whole story on how we, be, we role played as brothers Okay. And so we had a story of how that all came about. Um, we, uh, we were still doing our own thing there. Yeah. Um, I even remember doing things like weddings for people in the game and characters who wanted to get married. Um, that was, that was really big back then because the GMs would show up, they'd bring wedding cake. They would shoot off fireworks for you. They would change your surname. They would change your surname. Yep. Yep. Uh, one of the weddings that I, I really remember was actually uh, just off of the butcher block docks. So we had the boats in the background mm. and it was for a couple members of my guild um, who later on uh, went to join Mim. And so that was a big reason why I ended up joining Mim at the time that I did because they were there, but uh, I married them in game and they later on got married in real life, had kids together. It was, it was just kind of fantastic. So that's cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It, uh, I, I still remember that very well doing that wedding that day. I wish I still had the script that I typed up, but it must've been dangerous to have a wedding on Rattlesec. It was, but you always found obscure locations to do that. So, yeah. um, just kind of to give you an idea, if you're running to the docks and butcher block and you're following the path just before you get to the gate of the docks, we veered off to the right and went into that little nook over there where nobody yeah. really had any, there were no mobs over there. There was no reason for anybody to wander that way. So, so yeah. that's, we picked that location cause it was kind of a nice, nice scenery, but also secure. And usually when, when we were doing something like that, the GMs were there. So people, people stayed away. They didn't get involved. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. GMs will come out for those things all the time. Yeah. yeah those they are, had that was a, a real GM force. It was a cool part. I, I was talking on my stream about weddings the other day in EQ and literally everyone in chat had a story about weddings on their server. Like it was so common. People today would would never believe it if they weren't back then. 
yeah uh, weren't, weren't there back then but like seriously everybody almost knew somebody who had gotten like in-game married you know what i mean and mm-hmm. like all the different spots people pick out they always want these beautiful secluded locations it was a big part of the game yeah it, it really was and so as a cleric i got to do a number of weddings it was always really fun when i got asked i always felt honored so oh that is so yeah i didn't even put it together that you were a cleric so of course you'd be the one to go to yeah that's great yeah no we had a lot of fun with that but we we're definitely still in our own gilded canark so um <clears throat> i remember remember thinking at the time because i had just really gotten into raiding the planes at this point um you know i I think i had one or two pieces of gear from up there because again i would always go as a guest so i would get whatever the scraps or remnants were that was left over now when you were raiding the planes you you were the guest and everything but were you guys mostly doing the trash mobs or were you guys were you occasionally on like an interrupt and ct kill i was occasionally on an interrupt kill i don't know that i killed ct early on Mm. um but I didn't have a lot of interest in going to Plane of Fear just because nothing really dropped there for me. That's true, right? So, you wanted that ethereal mist. Yep. That purple yep, that, that was, purple cleric with yellow shoes. Yeah. I remember, though, the first time I killed Anorak, I, I remember walking in and my first thought was, God, this guy is ugly. They couldn't have come up with right. a better looking, you know, Prince of Darkness. Like, what is this? But, uh, yeah, I remember it was very very strategic raids um because that's the access and plane of hate but yeah if you got too close to the ceiling it would aggro everything above you right and pull them down in a huge train it would there was not they hadn't really built in that uh uh the floor blocking aggro access so yeah yeah, now you were caused a lot of problems i'm guessing you were a high elf right i was yeah okay i've always played the same character as a person who dabbles in the rp realm how fulfilling was it for you the high elf cleric to kill Inarook, the god of hate. It was a lot of fun. And uh, I, so that was another thing I, I did is I found out about the red wine quest in Nariak um, very early on. Hmm. And so I spent entirely too much platinum at the time because platinum was harder to come by back then. But I, I got myself ally in um, parts of Nariak because of that wow. quest. Um, and I loved it because I would be walking through the town and you would get some random dark elf who was role playing. They're like, Oh, hi elf. I have to kill him. And they would attack me and the dark elf guards would kill him. That's amazing. Oh, I had so much fun with that. It used to piss people off. Like, why are my own guards? To-? I'm like, dude, I, I'm your guards like me better than they do you. Right. And I tied that into my buddy and our story, um, of how we were brothers. Cause, uh, uh it was really kind of a stupid story, but I'm going to, story time again so i'm going to delve here off go. here yeah yep so we'd graduated high school together and we went out to california um and he had just started playing the game but we we're out on california kind of as like a vacation to congratulate ourselves for graduating high school went to stay with my aunt who lived out there we went to disneyland it was great but we were talking to my cousin and trying to describe this game to her and she she's like well you guys have to come up with a story of like how your characters interact and so while we're on that trip we decided that we're going to be brothers but we're like how does that work because you're a dark elf and i'm a high elf and Hmm. so we came up with the story that our mother was actually a wood elf who was captured by ambassador devin and hauled off to crushbone and he raped her and got her pregnant and so my buddy was the bastard stepbrother that i have wow and so um so that was our our story and you know kind of kind of a terrible story but it explained how a dark elf and a high elf identified as brothers and then we tied it in that i had ally access or ally status and 
parts in the ARIAC. People um, must have been blown away just seeing. I remember like the first time I saw like a troll in Kanos walking around. I was like, wait a second, what? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it was very uncommon back then, or even even more crazy. Like if you ever saw an Ixar with faction, he could walk around. You know, mm-hmm. all that was always wild to see. Yeah, and I mean, admittedly, I didn't spend a lot of time in Nariac because even though I, you know, the guards would assist me, it was still one of those places where I walked in and a lot of people wanted to kill you because you're a high elf automatically. There was a lot of that role play going on, so it was just one of those things where I enjoyed it the few times I did it, but I. I definitely didn't hang out there. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense because, like, wh- at the end of the day, there's not a lot to do there. Once you're a higher level and stuff, I would use the bank and and buy some food and get out. Right. Yeah. I guess th- those are the two big things, right? You always wanted to have easy access to a bank and food and yes. water. I definitely used it a lot more when I started raiding Nagafin on a, a semi regular basis. So, so yeah, yeah. So, um. When did you, how long did it take you to get, get 60 when Kunar came out? Um, you know what? I'm going to look, I can tell you that I can give you Ooh. the exact day just as a, a fun. Exciting. So Dupree, maybe not the exact day, but the first time that somebody registered me as 60, I was, nope. Yep. Here it is. Uh, it says January 30th of 2002. Whoa, my goodness. So <laughs> it's a two, just under two years. Again, it was one of those you did not spend a lot of time EXP and you spent most of your time. Uh, that was when I really wanted to get heavy into the raid scene. Um, I had yeah. my epic before I was 60. Right, right. Um, it, uh, we, yeah. I spent more time PvP than I did uh, EXP back in the day for sure. So, so yeah, that was that was about the time that I started to really get serious about things. I started. Uh, I had left my um, uh, current guild, uh, the Divine Mastery, and joined another guild, Swarm of Fear. Mm-hmm. And we that's that's when I hit sixty. Um, that guild quickly folded and reformed under another name, uh, Shadow of the Swarm. Hmm. And uh, they they were a big uh, uh, StarCraft guild, so that's why Swarm was part of their their name. That makes sense. There's a lot of guilds that came from StarCraft back in the day. They did. Um, That was one of them. Mem came from Ultima Online. They were big in Ultima Online before. It Uh, seems like a lot of the the best early game guilds came from Ultima because they came in already organized. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like, uh, Fires of Heaven, Fur was big in Ultima Online before he came over to EQ. And mm-hmm. so they were like a top in the beta. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, it, it's funny because listening to your episode with Corkin, that was the first one I listened to um, after you asked me to do this. And I was like, oh, God, I got to follow Corkin. I mean, yeah. this guy's a legend. But then hearing him talk about how he fanned girls over Fuhrer and those guys. And I'm like, God, I, I sit there and think Corkin's a legend. So. Yeah. Did I and talk he really about is. Did I talk about Krugen from EOE and FOH on that Lyran episode? Mm, Krugen, I don't remember that. No. He, he was a monk in EOE, but he was a Fires of Heaven Paladin. And since I played a Paladin back in the day, he was like someone to me was like a, a, basically a comic book character, right? Because I read the the news updates and the, and he was the the Paladin who had Inti's Inti Akira's Sword of Death. You know what I mean? Okay. That crazy sword that dropped one yep. time in Plane of Sky. Mm-hmm. And um, then he played on Vulak. And I was like, oh, shit, that's the guy. 
And yeah. like, where do I see him? He's training me. He's training me, sweet, because he's in EOE and I'm in Faceless. God, EOE was so terrible. But it, I mean, it was it was fun for me, but I'm sure not as much fun for you. Oh yeah, I had I, I learned a lot. You know what I mean? Before yeah. before Vulac, I was like, I think everyone should share, and in the world, everything should be equitable, and we should all just accept the same standard of living. And after Vulac, I was like. Listen, if I can beat you to that uh, that piece of cake, I'm eating it, okay? <laughs> right. Well, and that's that's why I really appreciated that that episode with Laren because just listening to, you know, again as I mentioned, that was Rallosac to a T. We we shared very well, but yeah. it was player and force sharing. There were no calling the GMs. If you screwed up, we were just going to kill you, and we were going to kill you over and over again for months until you learned your lesson. Yeah, I mean that's the way it should be. It should be handled in in universe in game, right? For the verisimilitude of of the product. When you have to go to GMs, it it takes a little bit out of the interaction. It really does. Um, you know, it was very rare that the GMs ever really got involved in Rallos. They were ever so present. Um, we had a real life meetup, and I want to say it was two thousand and three, where a bunch of us went to LA. Um, to, to party it up for a weekend. And a couple GMs, a couple developers came out and hung out with us. Um, it, it come to find out that one of the developers, or one of my guild leaders was actually a developer in secret for EverQuest. We had uh -oh. no idea, at least I had no idea that he was a developer. But yeah, I, I got picked up at the airport by one of the GMs and driven to the party. At the, it, was, it was a great time. We had a lot of fun at that get-together. Was that when you were in MIM? Yes. No, no, it was just before I joined Mim. Oh, okay. Um, it was uh, would have been summer of two thousand and three, if I remember correctly. Okay. Do you remember and, what guild you were in? Um, I think I was in Shadow of the Swarm. Shadow of the Swarm. Look at them. Pocket no, GM had no. Them. Actually, I lied. I was in Reverent. Um, okay. Yeah. So. I joined Ascending Dawn for a short period of time there. That uh, that didn't work out. That's actually a um, one of those things that I, for and unfortunately, was well known for on Rallos. Um, the incident or the the infamous video card incident with my character. My my video card died, <laughs> okay. and I was a, I knew nothing about computers. Um, I worked in a lumberyard at the time like now i can build my own pcs um yeah. I've, I've learned but at the time you know my video card died i didn't even know it was my video card like i had to have a friend come over and tell me what was going on with my computer i didn't have the money to buy a new video card so there was like a three month period where i couldn't play everquest three or four months Ooh. and um i had communicated to somebody that my video card died when i logged back in i wasn't in the guild anymore so i sent the leader a tell and she's like yeah we don't buy your story you know you yeah i was like what are you talking about like i literally know nothing about computers i finally got the money scraped up i was making next to nothing driving a forklift in the lumber yard uh, just above minimum wage and uh you know i didn't care at the time because i didn't have to pay rent so i never saved any money i mean my right. rent was 125 bucks a month so it was peanuts and so i worked as little as possible so i could play everquest all the time so i had to ramp it up find somebody who could fix my computer because again i played everquest most of the time i didn't have any friends who could do this stuff for me right so but so yeah. what she thinks she, she think you're a spy or something i don't know what it was um her name was adele i mean i don't hold anything against her to this day but it was just one of those like we had a severe disagreement about it and i was like like i want to come back and she's like no no you uh we don't buy your story you're out and i was like okay you know that's uh 
I'm sure she remembers it a little bit differently, but it is what it is. So buddy of mine was uh, um, starting up or it started Reverent out of the um, ashes of Swarm of Fear again. Uh, Shadow of the Swarm had died off at that point. And so it was another group of them that was just trying to stick together. And so they created Reverent and I joined them for a few months until I joined them. Okay. So man, uh, Shadow of the Swarm was having a rough time. Like, Yeah, but this was, I mean, they had existed over the course of three years, um, just in okay, case so, different. Yeah, so it is a long time. Yeah, especially back in those days. Um, yeah. Was it just leadership definitely. instability? Uh, so that was actually the guild with the developer. Um, it was mm. Rytan, if you remember his name. I remember Rytan. Yeah. Yeah. So he was he was the original leader of Swarm of Fear. And then when he kind of stepped away from the guild, uh, that's when they ended up reforming into Shadow of the Swarm. So he uh he he was a member then of Shadow of the Swarm, but uh he wasn't playing near as much. So he was very much so into development of expansions. I think he actually switched to a he might have switched to the EQ two team. I don't remember the history there, but um, good dude, still friends with him on Facebook. Um, we nice. don't really talk as much as, as we did way back in the day, but he's a, he's a good guy. Uh, it was at that 2003 meetup that I learned he was a developer. Like I had no clue. Um, but yeah, he, uh, so Shadow of the Swarm existed, I want to say for about a year, year and a half. And then they died off and Reverent formed out of one of their members who, who wanted to try to keep things going. And um, I ended up becoming one of his officers, but it was a short-lived guild. Um, yeah, that was that uh, the leader at the time. Then he graduated college, was starting to get into his career. Oh yeah, and graduating college is the death knell for EverQuest back then. It definitely can be. So yeah, that uh, that was the end of that, and that's when I got into Mim at that point. But really, just from quick, a, a guild history perspective, funny story about Rytan. Um, Rytan, I think, was the... I'm pretty confident Rytan was the lead designer for Underfoot, which is one of the most famous EverQuest expansions. Um, it killed a shit ton of guilds because it was super hard. Yeah. But nowadays, like people like it because so many of the expansions are just face roll easy. Mm -hmm. It's been retuned, so it's still very hard, but not yeah. like kill you hard. But yeah, Underfoot, Rytan was the, was the guy behind that. Yeah. Underfoot was one of the last uh, live expansions that I played actively. Um, I quit, I think in the middle of house of Thule, which I believe comes right after underfoot. Yeah. Yeah. So that was when I quit live with uh, Triton and moved on. And you, I mean, that was right around the time that Fippy in Vulek came out, right? So you went right over to Vulek after that. Cause I Sounds... remember I was messing around in house of Thule when Vulek came out. Yeah. I, I was really disappointed, um, with the timing of the sleeper in the combine cause I wanted to play him, but I had committed to myself. I was not going to play EverQuest while I was going to school. I wanted to get my college degree. I wanted to get it done quickly. Um, I wanted to do it in less than, than the prescribed time. So yeah. I wanted to get in, get out. And I knew that, uh, EverQuest was not going to allow for that. So that's good that you had the discipline to not sabotage yourself. I've done that twice. I have two college degrees now, and both times I put the game away entirely while I got those done. It's like a superpower, what you could do when you don't play EverQuest. Yeah, it's amazing how much time you have, right? Yeah. Okay, so um, they die, and now you join MIM? Yep, so that was, uh, that was in the... pop-ish? Yeah, uh, early pop era, I believe it was. Okay. Um, so I joined MIM, and... I mean, I had been pretty pretty into the raid scene at that point. Um, but now you're I'm, becoming a hardcore raider, right? I would, 
I would even say the other guilds were hardcore. We were just oh, okay. behind Ascending Dawn and Mim. So okay. uh, Swarm of Fear especially, like we were in the planes on a regular basis. Um, we definitely killed Trakanon. Um, we didn't raid Vishon's Peak, but by the time we got into it, like you know VP, it's most of the loot is weapons, and those weapons were negated by the epics. Yeah, so, VP, hard zone, pain in the dick to get keyed. Yes. Like, just fuck it. Kunark was a six-month expansion. Who had yeah. time for it? There was no, there was no value in going into VP. So, um, but we had we had dabbled in the raiding Valius and some of Lucklin, but uh, not not anything super hardcore because a lot of that stuff was all open world and it was uh, rotated by the bigger guilds. Um, so we didn't get into that. We were always a little bit behind them, but we definitely raided on a regular basis. And uh, um, yeah, going back to uh, when I first joined Ascending Dawn, that was my first experience as a with what I would call a guild that truly has their shit together. Yeah, like we would go and we would, um, you know, we would raid everything and we'd do fine, but like they had strategy and they had, you know, everything down. And one of my first raids with them was actually to Sleeper's Tomb. Um, oh, nice. I had gotten, gotten a key like a night or two before because nobody needed keys at that point. They had been doing it for months. So you walk so, in as an app and like, boom, here's your key. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but I remember fighting through the zone and then we got down to where the warders were. And I, I really like this is I can still remember it today. I I always play in first person. Um, that's mm-hmm. something that my friends still make fun of me. Like, dude, how can you play in first person? I'm like, it's the only way I've ever played. So it's what I do. Yeah. But I was down there standing on the bridges for the warders and we engaged the first warder down there. And I just remember, you know, I was doing my healing and then all of a sudden I, I turned my, my perspective and looked up. And when I looked up, I could just see, you know, a rain of arrows flying overhead. And I was just like, holy crap, what is this? Like, this is going to be a different, different experience rating. And, uh, I think that's a big reason why I went to MIM after, um, I wasn't, uh, after I lost my spot in Ascending Dawn, um, I had, uh, wanted to get back into that with a guild that actually knew their stuff. I enjoyed my time with my buddies in Reverent, but, um, as that started to die off, it was clear to me that that's, that's where I wanted to be was back with one of the big boys. Yeah. So yeah, that I still, I can close my eyes and picture that seeing those arrows rain overhead in that zone. It was the coolest thing I had seen. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, there's nothing like the first time you get with a real organized raid force that operates like a machine, you know? Yeah. Yep, absolutely. And so that was, that was a lot of fun for me, but, uh, yeah, so, so yeah, now I was in MIM, um, and that kind of happened. I might be tying my timelines differently here. This is, it's funny now that it's been 20 years, practically, I, I have a hard time remembering the exact timelines of stuff, but. Um, that was around the time of the rebirth war, which was, uh, the largest conflict that the server had. That was basically the entire server was at war at that point. What, what was the reason? Um, raiding mobs. So, uh, rebirth was a raiding alliance of the peace breakers, which would later become peace of Formosa. Mm. Um, I'm going to butcher this name, but the guild was, uh, facultus, Utrim Q or something like that. They had a, <laughs> I don't know if it's Latin or whatever it was. It was really interesting name, but they were a smaller guild of very skilled players. 
they, I don't even know if they ever reached 50 people in total. Like they were pretty small. That's, um, that's, it's always cool to see that, like the small elite guilds. Yes. But they were largely known as, as PK guilds because they just right. didn't give a fuck. And most of them raided at night um, or played at night when we were all sleeping. Mm-hmm. So the repercussions were pretty minimal for them. But they didn't really want to respect the rotation. And um, so, yeah, it became one of those things that um, Ascending Dawn and Mem and Wutan ended up going to war with them. And the rest of the server got drug into it. Um, it, uh, it was a pretty massive war. I, I feel like it lasted at least four to six months. Wow. So that uh, um, goes back to that, that watching that video with the screenshots last night that I was looking for my corpse that I told you about earlier. Yeah. Um, so at that I, point, everyone is just kill on sight, right? Like you're walking around hunting people. Yes. Like we would, we would log in and instead of going to EXP or raid, we would form hunting parties. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Because it was one of those things. So I was sitting in Velk's lab um, trying to get some experience. I, I don't remember. I, I was leveling AAs at that point. Um, but I was sitting in Velk's lab, you know, just shooting the breeze with my buddies. And as I was just sitting there typing, all of a sudden I was instantly dead. Hmm. And I was like, what the hell happened? And then I saw you've been, you've been slain by, um, I think it was, his name was... I'm going to butcher it, but it was one of their rogues. Um, at first I thought maybe it was one, but as I come to think of it, it, it was, wasn't a female rogue. Their, their most famous one was a female rogue. Um, it was the alt of one of their druids, hmm. but he, he got landed a double backstab while I was sitting and killed me instantly. Yeah. Max damage twice, right? Yep. So I, I was, I was dead instantly. And I remember just being shocked, but also impressed. Right. Like it, disappointed in myself because you never like you always checked his own population to make sure you know nobody had come in that you didn't want there but i I feel like i was sitting sitting somewhere in the zone where i I felt comfortable of course it would be a rogue who can navigate the zone safely on their own um that got me but yeah i was instant death and i remember sending him a tell like well played that was that was very well done i didn't even see you coming but it, that was one of the PVP deaths that just stuck with me in, in my life. Um, so I was searching for, I was hoping that screenshot was part of that collage last night because <laughs> it was a collage of just that guild's kills during that time of the big guilds. Now, did uh, PK guilds respect Loot and Scoot or was it like your corpse was going to be camped? Some of them did, some of them didn't. It was it was kind of uh, just whoever, whoever felt like uh, uh, or whatever their personal preference was. So, okay. yeah. Um, they, they really didn't have a lot of rules tied to that. Usually, um, if, if they were going to camp your corpse to the point where it would rot, people would get a GM involved at that point because that was just dirty. Like people right, yeah. spent too much time on their characters Yeah, and it's it was really, incredibly rare for somebody to be like that, to sit on your corpse for three hours. You really had to piss them off for them to be willing to do that. Yeah. So it's, uh, it was pretty rare. The GMs got involved. In fact, my entire time on Rallos, I only got one warning for, for uh, harassment of a player. Um, I had uh, been attacked in West, not West, Eastern Wastes. Um, I was out there doing something. I may have just been traveling through, I don't recall. But I got attacked by a necromancer. And cleric versus a necro was a terrible, terrible fight. Uh, I could cure everything and dispel everything that, that they had on me. Um, 
whenever you traveled on Rallus, you didn't travel not fully buffed and ready to go because you could be jumped at any time. Right. And so, I mean, I was, I always had a set of spells that I had up for traveling and, um, one of, or a couple of those spells were always cure disease and cure poison. Um, I had my, my variations of that set up so that I could instantly, you know, get rid of any dots or anything that I needed to. I kept my first few buff slots open. So if I had to dispel something and, uh, so I just wiped the floor with him, <laughs> but when I killed him, um, I knocked him unconscious and I, w- I was really irritated that day. So I just left him unconscious there and he would stand up. No, he would oh, stand okay. up and I'd hit him with a level one nuke and knock him back down. Oh. And this went on for about 45 minutes to an hour. And uh, he had slowly over the time, like limped himself to the kale zone line. And before he was going to zone, that's when I was like, all right, I'm going to kill you now. I wasn't going to let him actually reach the zone line. Um, but I just toyed with him the whole time. Like I'd let him run 10 nice. feet and then I'd, I'd knock him down again. Well, he ended up petitioning during this time. So when I finally killed him, then I got the message, you've been summoned by the gods. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> um, and I was actually a guide in the GM program. So ah. this was a big deal at that point because I was getting a warning for player harassment on my account while I was a guide. So that was the end of my time as a guide. But um, yeah, he, uh, the GM's like, you know, that if you would have killed him much sooner, I, I would have let this go. But at this point in time, you this turned into player harassment. So I'm giving you a warning, not a suspension. Don't do this again. So yeah, that was the one time that I got truly in trouble with the GMs for, for harassing a player on Rallos. You always knew it was bad when you, when you saw that you had been summoned by the gods. Yeah. Yep. Which, uh, it's funny cause as my time as a guy or a guide, that was always one of my favorites was that summon command. And you still got that message, even if it was just a guide summoning you. Oh, really? I, at least I think it was because I, I mean, it was just the slash summon command. Hmm. Um, but uh, I remember, not that this is related to Rallos, but as my time as a guide, like this guy wouldn't stand still. Like every time I summoned him, he just kept running like he had no idea what the hell was going on. Um, or he was just trying to play like, nope, I'm not going to stand still. And um, the guides couldn't teleport to those those jail cells. We didn't have that access. Um, so I just had to keep summoning him in place. And eventually I messaged a DM. I'm like, this guy won't stand still and he won't, won't talk to me. So they, they ended up getting in, but it was funny. Cause I probably did that command like 50 times on the guy before he got Jeez. summoned to the jail cell. He just had no interest. He kept trying to run away. So, <laughs> so yeah, but, uh, yeah. What next? So, um, in planes of power, did you get into plane of time with Mim? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Um, we ended up clearing it. I don't remember when. It was towards the end of our time on um, uh, Zach before it merged over, or before the merge occurred. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I remember going through playing the time. Okay. And now I guess it's time to talk about uh, the, the trip back to Sleeper's Tomb. Were you yes, there? Yes, I was. There um, we go. I, uh, I actually found that that was one of the things that I was digging through last night because I was trying to find some sort of proof that I was there. Because um, all my screenshots are back on, I burned them on DVDs and those are all packed away in boxes since I'm moving. So I was like, I got to have something on my computer. 
and I ended up finding one screenshot that wasn't actually my screenshot. It just happens to have me in the background. I'm like, yes, there it is. There we go. Proof. Yes. Proof that I was there. But, uh, yeah, um, I was, so that, that whole incident arose because, um, one of the monks in Ascending Dawn Stinkfist had no interest in, there was some sort of falling out. I don't remember what it was, but, um, we're, we're far enough along in the server that pretty much anybody could get a sleeper's tomb key. Right. No one's locking that shit down two expansions later. No. And the PK guilds had started to get sleeper's tomb keys and were, were starting to creep in there, but they didn't know what they were doing. So yeah. um, they were just doing it to farm uh, farm weapons, um, yeah. the avatar weapons. They weren't interested in really necessarily going to kill the sleeper, but Stinkfist was pissed off about something. And so he decided that he was going to rally those guys because he had fallen in with them after he got kicked from Ascending Dawn. And so they were going to go wake up the sleeper. And I remember hearing about this the, the night after they attempted it because it ended up being a big PVP battle in uh, sleepers tomb to keep him from waking the sleeper. And hmm. uh, the big three decided, you know, we've kept him sleeping this long. We're going to be the ones to wake this up. Like we can't control it. We can't police this anymore. It's, it's it an around 24 seven, right? Exactly. It was, you know, the, the way the story goes, at least the way it was told to me is that they were on the last warder and, it was, you know, the water was like under 10% and wow. one of the shadow knights like harm touched somebody and it, it managed to save it at the tail end. Like we had, we had just barely kept the sleeper from being woken up. Uh, now that's the way the story was. I'm sure there was some embellishment there yeah, uh, making course. it more epic of a battle than it really was, but it was, it was still a good story to tell. And so we rallied the troops and we said, we're going to wake the sleeper. Then this is going to be a coordinated effort between the three guilds that, you know, it kept us sleeping so long. So we, uh, I mean, I just, you know, the, the clear down there was, was pretty mundane. Um, the zone was really, really laggy. We had somewhere in the neighborhood of 180 to 200 people in that zone. Honestly, at any less given than time. I expected. I thought it was going to be like over 300. It, there were points where it was definitely over 300 or over 200 people in the zone, but I know they, uh, they had a lot of people just watching from the zone line. So they ended up kicking some of those people out because the lag was killing us. Um, yeah. It was, it was next to impossible to navigate. So they ended up talking to some of the people and saying, please just zone out, join a chat channel. We'll, we'll keep you informed on what we're doing. Um, which is funny because the chat channels just exploded, especially server wide when everybody from the other servers really started to catch on what was happening. Um, I was probably in, 10 or 15 chat channels of the different server wide ones, just giving updates for people. But we, uh, we cleared down there and we, uh, we had no intention of actually beating the sleeper. The the reality of it was we were just going to be the ones who woke him up. We weren't going to let somebody else take that from us. Right. So we got down there and we were fighting him and it became very apparent to us because we wanted to keep the fight going as long as we could. It became really apparent that we could res faster than he could kill people. I mean, we had an army of like 30 clerics there all with their epics. So it was just a matter of, you know, every time he killed somebody, he only double attacked. So it's, um, he would sometimes, most of the time he would one shot it every once in a while. Somebody would survive two rounds. Um, but wait a second. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was one of those, he'd lose a percent, you know, 10 minutes later, he'd lose another percent and we're like, 
we're not dead yet. And, and he's going down. So it, it quickly became one of those things the guilds were talking to each other, like we could actually do this. And so we kept, just kept grinding away at him and we lost so much EXP. Um, yeah. I didn't lose that much being a cleric because I was just resing. But every once in a while, I would get, you know, all the clerics would get summoned just from proximity or whatever it was because nobody really had a ton of aggro built up because, you know, we would die, we'd come back with res effects, and we'd, you know, it was a very, very slow fight. But all you had but, to do is click the stick, right? And you're, you're functional, so. And I would do something stupid once in a while, like run up and try to nuke him just to help. Um, I don't remember if any of them actually landed or not, but trying to be a badass. But yeah, we... Uh, we kept rezzing and kept rezzing and the fight was like three to four hours um, to get him to the 27% because, you know, initially we had no idea what we were doing, but we got more organized as the fight went on. And then all of a sudden he was just gone. Um, it was mid, mid 20%. I think the official official story is 27%. Yeah. But he, uh, he was just gone and we we're all like, what the fuck happened? Right. And, so at that point, you're like, we're doing it. It's it's happening. Yeah, this this is happening. And it was just instant outrage. Like all the guilds were pissed. The um, the cross channel server chats were all like everybody was just angry. It was it was really kind of cool to see because the, the whole EverQuest community was pissed for us. Um, I remember going to the forums and there were just posts after posts like I'm quitting this game. How can you do that to these guys? Right. Um, like we were all really angry. The everybody from each guild, we, we flooded their petition system. Like yeah. everybody filed petitions. Um, so they instantly got a petition from practically everybody else. Ralos just angry over this. Yeah. Um. And I remember the the leaders of the guilds at the time. At this point, I was just you know a member of MIM. I wasn't anybody important. But the leaders of the guilds were all trying to talk to their connections. Um, I even remember sending a message off to Rite and saying, dude, this isn't right. Like, how could they do this to us? Right. And I mean, he sent me a message back just saying, I know they're looking into it. I don't know all the details. Um, I'll see what I can find out tomorrow. Yeah. But I was angry. I didn't even leave Sleeper's Tomb that night. I camped right on top of his bubble, um, just pissed. And... You know, the next morning, I just, I remember waking up and I was just, I, I almost felt dead inside. Like we had been cheated out of something so amazing. Something great was stolen from you. It was, it really was. Um, and I'm sure a lot of players felt that way because he wasn't supposed to be beaten. This was just something that we did, but we, uh, yeah. So we, I, I think I went to work that day, maybe, um, I, I don't remember, but I remember logging back into EverQuest and I was back on that bu bubble, um, just sitting there. Uh, and I still wasn't leaving the zone. It was like a protest for me. So I was, I was hanging out, talking to the guild. And then all of a sudden I remember looking over and one of the warders was up. And so this uh -oh. is kind of my, my little bit of claim to fame as I was one of the first people to discover they'd put him back. Um, but I remember looking, I was like, huh, one of the warders is up. And so I, I sent a message in Guild, and again, I play in first person, and I'm sitting on top of his bubble, so I, I didn't notice the sleeper right away. And somebody had asked, you know, well, is the sleeper back up? And I looked straight down, and sure enough, he was, like, right below me. I was like, oh, my oh, God, guys, yeah. he's back up. Like, let everybody know. And so they they put a, a guard on the, the sleeper's tomb while we got everybody 
back together so that uh, there was no chance anybody could sneak in, no shenanigans. But we uh, formed back up and cleared back down, and sleeper attempt number two got started. And that fight was much faster. Um, Really quick, before you go on that one, did they give you GM reses when they fucked you over? Nope. You guys have a lot of EXP to make up. It was a lot of people had lost a lot of EXP, but damn. Yeah. There were people who were 60 that were no longer 60. Um, you know, that they were well into 59. I'm sure there were a couple that maybe even dipped to 58. And that's taken 97% reses every time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. It was, uh, there was a lot of EXP loss that night. Um, but yeah, they, they put him back up, and so we we fought back down, and that fight was probably right around three hours, maybe three and a half hours. Did you um, have way more people now that people were like, oh, shit, we could do it? I think some more people showed up, yeah. Um, it uh, turned into the same same circus, uh, multiple channels, cross-server. I did the same thing. I joined a bunch of them just to give updates from, from ground zero. I remember the second attempt. Um, I was in a chat channel on the nameless listening, and, and it was like, I could barely read my chat box. There was so much activity. It was like crazy. Everyone was hyped. Uh, There was like websites that were already posting about it. I mean, it was the most exciting thing I'd ever seen in EQ at that point. And I wasn't even on Relosec. Yeah. It, I mean, honestly, it's, it's funny because, you know, I, it it truly was something to experience. It was something to be a part of. Um, But at the time, I don't know that the gravity of what that event was really landed on me. Um, right. You know, I look back at, at it now and some people call it one of the greatest MMO moments in, in uh, internet gaming history, which um, it's fun. But at the same time, if I could trade that and go back to Ravos just the way it was, I'd still do that because the community and everything still means more to me than that individual kill does. Right. Yeah. I mean, but I think it was, I don't know about MMO history, but I think it's the greatest moment in EQ history. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it's the greatest, but I think, you know, there's, there's a number of websites out there that have ranked the different things that have happened in all the MMOs and that one always gets referenced. Oh yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, but I mean, to me, it's, it's, it was a great moment. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I'm probably downplaying it more than I should. Uh, but it, it, it was one of those things where, I don't think the, the true gravity of it really landed on me at the time. Um, what was uh, what was it like that last ten percent? Excitement. Um, everybody wanted the kill shot. Uh, yes. Trilan, Wizard, and Wu Dan got the kill shot, <laughs> uh, but everybody wanted. So even I was nuking. Once once I saw him hit zero percent, I just stopped resing and I was just nuking. Um, right. We we were all hoping for that kill shot, but. Um, Trilan got it. And, um, as soon as he got it, of course, before he was even killed, um, everybody was like, don't loot the corpse in case there's no loot. We don't want it to disappear. We want pictures. And sure enough, there was nothing on the corpse. So it had a 30 second timer. So that was the, uh, the window that we had to enjoy our kill was 30 seconds before that corpse disappeared. Um, so everybody's taking a cloth cap on it. Nope. No, there was there was no time to organize a group shot in front of the corpse or anything. It yeah. uh, it literally was gone in thirty seconds. So we got what screenshots we could, and uh, yeah, um, it was it was a moment of celebration, and then all of a sudden it was just done. 
And I remember, um, might have been a day later, we got uh, server-wide. Brenlow was the community manager at the time. And so he did a server-wide announcement that was role-play-ish that had talked about the uh, warring clans coming together to kill the uh, undefeatable yes. dragon. I remember reading it. Yes, I've actually got it. I'll uh, pull it up and read it for you. Yeah, let's do it. I uh, had to throw it in Discord last night into a chat channel because I found it on one computer and it wasn't on my laptop. So, uh, so Brynlow. So in the darkness, the shout to engage was heard. Uh, seconds later, a huge burst of magical energy could be felt as the wizards and shadow knights engaged and huge volleys of arrows began to rain down as one against their target. Uh, the massive infantry then moved into intercept Kira for immortal combat, supported by a complement of warriors. The clashing of steel and the screams of chaos echoed in the beast's tomb. Over three hours had passed since the epic confrontation began, and then there was silence. Uh, as a cold, freezing wind blew across the fields of battle, hundreds had died and more laid injured on the ground. All was silent again for a brief moment as the image of the legendary Kirifirm lay lifeless at their feet. Suddenly, the cries of joy and accomplishment began to echo through the decrepit and then rain across the land of Norath. Or decrepit hall and then rain across the land of Norath. Uh, the once warring clans of Ascending Dawn, Wodan, and Magus Imperials Magicus had put the per personal battles aside and come together united as one to accomplish the impossible. They had triumphed where all others before them had failed. They had slain the legendary Kirifirm. As the victors departed the ancient tomb, rumors began to spread across the world of Ralosek. Rumors became stories. Stories, stories became, became legend. legend. Yeah. So, Man, yeah. It almost, almost brings a tear to my eye. It's, it's so cool. Yeah. It's, it's uh, looking cool. Yeah, I got a kick out of it. Uh, and I, I saved that screenshot, um, old Dupree, that uh, was in that tomb. Send this over to you. Thanks, yeah. Yeah, that was just a, another a buddy's uh, screenshot that I happened to find posted on the internet years years ago that I saved to my computer. So that I awesome. never lost it. And you got all three guilds in the shot too. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, he... Uh, um, he had posted a whole slew of screenshots that he'd put up on the internet for everybody to save. And, and that one was among them. So I got a kick out of it. That's great. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was the, the legendary sleeper fight. Um, like I said, my claim to fame was discovering that he was back up, um, and, and frantically calling people on the phone because that's how we yeah. did it back then. You had to hit the phone tree. <laughs> yes. Yes. So that was, that was a good time. So what was the day after that like? Could you could you even sleep that night? Eventually, I honestly don't remember what the day the day after was like because it was just kind of one of those the memory of that was so notable that what happened after that is largely I, I just don't remember it. Yeah, it's just like in the shadow of that moment. Yeah, like everything else around that is a blur for a while. Um wow. I know that we raided uh, still raided regularly and, and, but that was almost, you know, the, the, the beginning of the end for, um, a lot of the players on Ralos. Like, how do you top that? 
Um, right. Yeah, I can it, see that. Yeah, there's there's nothing left to conquer. Yeah, I mean, we still we still rated for another year. I think it was a year and a half, not a year and a half, about a year and three months before the Zex merged. So we had a good you know, year of time left on the server before things really started to take a downhill vibe. Um, hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't remember the immediate aftermath of that. I just remember that things remained cordial between the guilds. There were no major wars after that. So, so That's good. the rebirth conflict was the last major war on, on Ralos. Okay. So um, Gates of Discord comes out. Are you still playing? Um, yes, but I don't think we were actively doing anything in Gates of Discord yet because it was so hard and, mm. um, you know, everybody on Rallos, as I mentioned, was pretty far behind on gear because we spent more time fighting each other than raiding. So there wasn't a, wasn't a lot for us on, uh, when did Discord launch? You remember the date? Um, shoot, let me, let me pull it up. I don't remember it offhand, but one thing I wanted to mention is like, um, that began the beginning of the, of, of the change, right? Like now final zones were going to be instanced, which meant there Mm -hmm. couldn't be PVP. So really PVP started to die with Luckland because, because of the travel and stuff. Well, no, it was the Nexus. It was a blue zone. We couldn't fight each other in the Nexus. And so that was kind of the beginning of the end for true PvP. Wow. Because um, you had a safe spot. Safe spots. And especially with uh, wizards, they would get mana burn hmm. as an AA. So they would go and they would mana burn somebody to kill them instantly. And then they would just gate to the Nexus and they would wait for their next mana burn to come up an hour later. That's so, so dumb. Yeah. Um, and I mean, so it was just one of those things the Nexus and Shadow Haven and the bazaar provided safe spots for people. Yeah. So it, it started to kill kind of the, the mentality of PVP because it wasn't fair necessarily. You couldn't chase across zone lines. Um, that was one of the neat things about Ralos is you could be chasing somebody across multiple zone lines. You get to a particular zone line. Next thing you know, you just run into a pack of five of their buddies. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it was always one of those things where once they introduced blue zones to it, it, it killed a lot of it for us because there was yeah. no way to get to those guys. And especially the wizards, that was the one that got us the most with mana burn because that happened a lot. Yeah. Uh, I think the people... Nexus change or not the change, but that, that being blue was stupid, but I wonder what you could even do about the bizarre. You know what I mean? The bizarre. I mean, there was no way they could make that not blue because you kill somebody, you get their cash on Ralos. Um, eventually they took away the one item loot and just left it to coin only. Yeah. Which and you know so, further weakens that rule set and everything. It does. It does. Um, but yeah, that that was one of the main changes that started to really impact PvP. I assume um, like the rise of uh like Luckland also all the top end gear was no trade. Yeah. The first time, like it was all no trade. So what are you even gonna loot, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, then it was, I mean, back then it was trying to catch, you know, if you were a PK trying to get a, a loot, you would look around for players that were holding an ice cream cone. That uh, mm-hmm. cone with, uh, what's the item off of uh, uh, Nagafin's Lair, Magus Rokal. Yeah, so it looks like an ice cream cone almost. Yeah. So, but that was the same graphic as a Mana Stone. 
Oh. And there were a lot of those on Ralos. Um, I still have one on a character. So they that was that was a high dollar item. Like if you could kill somebody that was hanging on to one of those, um, you know, because even if even though it was in the weapon slot and they got to the point where you couldn't, um, every once in a while people would would uh, they just have another uh, oh somewhere in their inventory, right? Yeah, if it was in an open inventory slot because you couldn't click from bags. Um, yeah. You know, they would they would uh, sometimes drop it into an open inventory slot and you'd get it that way. So. So yeah, because they you'd immediately engage, they would switch their weapons for PvP weapons, and every once in a while that would, you know, it was not something I did. I didn't hunt people for money, but yeah. uh, um, that would be one of the ways that people would target them. They'd look for those rare items that were still something they could get. So you got to be like a wizard and have an audio trigger for the the click message on the mana stone, and as soon as you see it. Just mana burn the person. <laughs> that wouldn't work though, because it'd be well, yeah. If if you could see it though, that's a good point. I never thought about that from that perspective. If it wasn't equipped, so you couldn't see the cone, but you saw them using it, you knew it was in their inventory slot. Yeah. So yeah, I would I would mana burn if I were a wizard in that point and try to steal it. Um, it looks like Gates launched February of two thousand and four. Okay, so that was a year before the merge. Yeah. So. Yeah, I remember it being so hard that nobody on Rallos really did it. Hmm. Um, you know, going back to the best of the best tournaments, that was a, a lot of people blamed gear on why Rallos didn't do better than we did. Um, which, I mean, I think the server fared very well in the overall best of the best tournaments with the multi-servers, but um, we were always under-geared in those. Um, it, was, it was apparent that was a constant running theme during the time of those tournaments that how are how are the Rallos guys doing so well? They they don't have shit for gear. Yeah. And the reality of it is we're used to fighting people every single day, so we we knew the tricks of the trade. And it was gear that carried the other servers. Yeah. It sucks that you guys couldn't like they didn't just give you a uh, a PvP set of gear that everyone had static, you know what I mean? Yeah. That would have been truly a test of who was better, who was who was more skilled. Because um, I remember watching those, and I think the biggest, at least in my mind, the biggest outrage was the Rogue Tournament. Um, Reefman ended up placing second, and that guy was a PvP god. Yeah. Um, you know, he still died on Rallos, like we all did. Nobody was immune to, to getting killed. But uh, he was a PvP god, and um, he would have, I'm convinced he would have won that fight if the GMs hadn't snared because that impeded his ability to move. They were so tired of the fight going on as long as it was that they snared more participants. Wow. And that inhibited his movement. And so then it became uh, practically stand in front of each other, just hack and slash. And, and then uh, it's just gear. It is 100% yeah, then gear. it was who can do more damage because of their gear, which was really unfortunate and unfair to him because he was, he was for all intents and purposes, winning that fight with lesser gear because he moved a lot better yeah. than the other rogue. He knew how to joust how to yes so that was uh that was definitely unfortunate but but yeah um so we didn't do a whole lot with uh gates of discord um when did you get back into rating current content um that would have been on once mim had transferred over to povar at that point we had become um echo of destruction Okay. Um, we had just lost. Uh, Perplexer was the leader of MIM. He had moved on to other things. He was actually 
um, director of esports for Blizzard for a while. Wow! So, so he was he was up there with uh, not in the same place, but similar to Tiggle and and for yes, yes, he uh, um, a lot of men was European. Oh, really? And uh, so that's they in Ultima Online. They were largely a European guild, very few Americans. And then when they came to Ralos, that started to shift. And towards the end, it was more Americans than it was Europeans. Um, sorry, my daughter's up, so the teenagers got her. So that's little squawks there in the background. Oh, it's it's totally okay. So, but, uh, um, you guys went to Povar. You're competing with Triton then, but it's all mm-hmm. PVE style. Did yeah. you ever beat them? Were you, were you guys racing for server first, or was that not no. a thing? Um, as much as we wanted to, uh, unfortunately, we were we were light years behind in the gear game, so we had some catching up to do at that point. Um, we also weren't super well organized when we transferred to Povar. Not everybody came with us, so we were lacking some numbers. Um, yeah, that's rough. The guild leader at the time, I don't want to speak ill of him, but he was... He was not committed to it. Um, myself and another officer ended up approaching him and basically telling him, you need to step down. Um, so I took over for a short period of time uh, until we found a permanent uh, leader to replace. Because um, this was kind of nearing the point where I was going to start my first college degree, and I knew I wasn't going to be playing long term, so I wasn't going to keep the leadership tag. So myself and, and my buddy Blizzardius uh, were the two officers who kind of took the reins short term. And then we promoted one of our monks, Silverine, the leader. And he did a good job with it. I continued to raid with him for six to nine months or so, maybe a year before mm-hmm. I started my degree. And, and was that uh, uh, like Omens of War when you stepped away? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it was just after I got my uh, Epic 2.0. Maybe not quite then. Maybe I hadn't gotten it yet. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I had stepped around stopped out at that point and moved on to um no i did get it now that i think about it because i that was i got to i guess i did rate it expansions were coming out six months at a time there so i remember yeah. going through don now that i think about it okay um don and i it was start a prophecy row is when i actually stepped away from the game for the first big break it's a good time so to take a break because that expansion sucks yeah, I remember playing it for the first couple of days, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm not even going to try to play this while I'm going to school. This is terrible. Yeah. I, I did not enjoy it at all. I remember being in the devastation, trying to farm a comb or something like that. And I was like, nope, this is not what we're going to do. So so when you came back, um, when you came back after your degree and everything, did you come back to Povar or did you go somewhere yes. else? Okay. I came back to Povar, and uh, Echoes of Destruction had merged with another guild and become Echoes or forces of destruction. Mm-hmm. Um, but the overall, like the group had dwindled over time. We didn't have the ability to raid any of the current content. And I had spent so much time doing that uh, in the latter part of my years on Ralos and moving into Povar that I, a lot of the original members were gone too. So it didn't feel like I had a big tie to the server um, or to yeah. that guild. So I, um, it wasn't the original MIM name. I had no, no true tie to it. So I remember going and um, going and uh, joining Triton, and okay. um, got in with them. I probably raided with them for about a year. I think we were competing with Firestormers at the time. Yep, yep. So they were uh, they were the big competition for us. Um, we went back and forth a little bit, but uh, 
truthfully, I was never that into it. Like it didn't have the same feel um, of what I was used to. Yeah. And so that's why when Fulak came out, I was like, I think I'm going to go try a progression server. This, this really isn't for me at this point. Okay. How'd you like Vulak? Vulak, you stayed through Velius at least, right? I stayed through into GOD. Okay. Pretty, pretty good amount of time for a TLP server. Yeah. Um, so I remember the battles with Faceless. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially listening to Laren's uh, episode. Man, you, you had everybody fooled. I thought you were just the, the shit when it came uh, to being a guild leader like you. Oh, thanks. No, you did a good job selling it. Um, honestly, I always had respect for you, even though I don't think we necessarily got along. Yeah, um, you you were part of the small group of people, you and like Demon Dread, that I was like friendly with. You know what I mean in EOE. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were we were definitely friendly. I don't think that we necessarily we never hung out, of course. Cause, oh, right, right, because because yeah. we were, but you could never um, you could never do that. <laughs> no. no, but I never had any disdain for you. Yeah. Um. But uh, no, I remember leveling Shadow Knights and then giving access to uh, Damdor so he could do his shenanigans. Oh yeah. Um. I had two two Shadow Knights leveled. Um. For that. It's funny because going back to that server, the shit that we did caused so many changes to the game. But, oh, yeah. uh, you know, the shit... too little too late, though. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, I remember tracking on, we were both poop sock and tracking on, and I had let uh, Damdor log in both of my Shadow Knights, and track was dead before I even saw his body materialize. It was crazy. Yeah, it was at that moment. It was I knew that Damdor was cheating at times, but I thought he was using something like IS Boxer. Mm-hmm. Um, I was pretty naive uh, early on on that server to know that he was straight up using Macro Quest. But um, I had also had no experience with that stuff, so I didn't know how it all worked exactly. Right. It's easy to believe the convenient truth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, but the reality was macro quest use on that server was endemic. Every guild was using it. Yeah. EOE might've been the guild that was using it most effectively. And you were the guild where the guild leader was using it, but every, yes. every guild was definitely using it. There's, I mean, I'm sure there was a ton of people in faceless who used it. I personally wasn't using it. And I don't think the officer team was uh, right. except for one person, but uh, otherwise. Yeah. 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 No, I remember on Vulak, I was, so the launch of Canark, I remember that that launch. The the fight for Trakanon was epic. That was legendary, man. I can't it, even it explain really it. It really was. It was one of those just, it took us hours um, battling back and forth to finally kill it. And um, I think we ended up pulling it underwater, didn't we? Yeah, you guys or used something. the uh, the dick, the dick torpedo. Yes, yes. That, uh, yeah, that was, that was a good time, but. I hated the launch of Canark when I look back at it. Um, and really? I hated it for one very specific reason. You guys ruined it for me. Uh-oh. I was going to get the server first Cleric Epic, and I didn't. You guys beat me to it. Did Beanie get it? Uh, it was a female female yeah. Cleric. I, yeah, I, probably Beanie. Beanie sounds right, yeah. Um, I remember camping all my pearls, like going through the motions, and I was just hammering on Damdor. I'm like, we've got to go get the king down. We have to go get the king. And they were dicking around with his epic because he was a monk, Segagen's epic. And I'm like, guys, we've got the server first monk at this point. We don't need six of them. Let's go and get the king down. But I'll never forget it. We didn't have instancing then. So 
I remember zoning in to um, Nagafin's Lair, and I bolted straight for Ragefire, and I came around the corner to watch Beanie turning in her box. Got him. And that ruined my chance at the server first cleric epic. Yeah, and back then, one of the few things that people actually didn't do was kill triggered mobs, because you would still get suspended. Yes. Yeah. Yes, so I was just like, son of a... Like, I, I, I remember just being completely defeated, and that was one of the moments where I just, like, I didn't leave EOE, but I was like, Damdor just doesn't understand how to lead people. He's leading a guild, and he's doing it well, but he doesn't understand the value of his people. There are means to an end to him, and that was it. Right, yeah, he was he was going for monk epics because he was monk, and his homies were monks. Yep, yep, yeah. him and Segajin were real tight, and he had to keep Segajin happy, and, and yeah, that was... Yeah, that was a turning point for me, right? Like I I stayed in EOE because at that point in time I knew the alternative was I hate to say it, but probably going to the losing side. Oh, yeah, you're guaranteed. Uh, you're right. If and you I, left EOE, you weren't killing raid mobs very no. often. And um conversely, but at the same time I was never really fully loyal to them at that point. Like I had no that just killed me because I was I did everything that was on me to get it done. Um, I hadn't slept and just rounding that corner and seeing Beanie turn in, I was completely defeated at that point. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people who felt the same way you did and they would talk to me about it. And I was, it was so hard to be me. Cause I'm like, listen, if all the people who said this to me came over to faceless, faceless at the same time, it would oh. be like flipping a switch. Like we it would be the really would have shifted the server entirely, right. but it, it's that confidence game that people, you know, you have to play and like, you have to prove that you, you can win. And mm-hmm. in Classic, we did it. Remember, we won a lot of the Poop Socks in Classic, but in Kunark, that's when the, the Macro Quest guns really came out, and Damdor shut us out entirely in Kunark. We only got one or two tracks. Well, and it's it's funny because once you guys left, like there really was no competition, so we just face-rolled everything. Yeah. And there was no reason to, to be the dicks that we were to Liren. Um I remember talking to Liren quite a bit and I was always making suggestions to Damdor and Sega Jump, like just let them have something. Like there's no right. reason to treat them this way. Um, Cause she, you know, she and I talked a lot. I don't know how much she really remembers our conversations, but I just remember um, speaking with her quite a bit. And yeah, I always had a great respect for Liren. I think that she, she was doing the best that she could in the absolute shit situation to lead a guild. Yeah. So, I mean, she had like the two most important qualities, right? For a guild leader. She was honest and she was earnest. Yeah. And she would, she would just deal with everybody fairly, even EOE. So if you guys made a deal, you could always trust that Liren was going to hold up her end of the deal. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, it's unfortunately with, with a lot of that towards the end, especially was Segagen and uh, Hamshire. Yeah. Um, Damdor started to fade out. I want to say towards the end of Luckland, like he was still around, but he and he was still the leader, but he was not making a lot of the calls. Yeah, and so he was he was the face of the guild. Right. But Sega Gen and Hampshire especially were were pulling most of the strings at that stage of the game. Hmm. Do you what is Hampshire's background? I I used to know it. He has like some big guild chops in his background, right? Um. You know, I don't know his background as a player. I just remember, <clears throat> like, everybody, you know, like, somebody telling me, you know, that he, he lived, I don't know if he still lived with his parents. He was on disability, so that's how he was able to literally play all the time. Hmm. And But I don't know the personal details in terms of what led to that or, or how he was getting there. But 
right? Yeah, he, just, he played a lot is all I know. And he was, I'll, I'll never forget it because just talking to him and I always got the, the sense that he was almost like a hippie um, talking <laughs> to him and, and, discord and team speak and all them i guess i don't know if discord was out then but team speak and um yeah he he just never struck me as a guy who gave gave two shits about life itself like the game was always his focus right yeah now i i might be misremembering i might be getting my ogre warrior <laughs> mains confused here but there is someone i think it's hampshire who has like a, a huge uh, in-game gambling pr problem not commenting on on the real dude at all but he loses all his chrono all the time to the casinos i feel like that is hampshire but uh, i don't know because honestly it was you know there were some people that i really liked in eoe <clears throat> um vicart was one of them vicart's a good um, dude yeah he was really good i had some uh, uh i'm drawing a blank now on on names that's always been my, my weakness is remembering people's names, but yeah, um, yeah there, uh, there was a bard that I hung out a lot with. Um, can't remember his name now, but yeah, it was just one of those that uh, he, I don't know. I tried to stay away from Hampshire as much as I could. Yeah. So, so yeah, a lot of EOE, I was not, in good with i i kept a, a group of players that i would do stuff with on the side just to get stuff done yeah um but i did not spend a lot of time with the leadership now you after that would go on to make mim on lockjaw right what yes what motivated you to to re remake the guild after all that those years was, that was just pure happenstance so i ended up um going to log in to lockjaw or I was talking about it, and um, one of the old leaders of MIM, uh, Shim, had uh, uh, reached out to me um, and said, hey, I'm going to play too. And a group of us had just talked, and we're like, well, we should form a guild there. You know, let's, let's, uh, we actually started on Ragefire first. Mm -hmm. And we got onto Ragefire, and then we started running into some other people from Rallosec. Uh, Tig, who was an Ascending Dawn, um, was there and so he came to hang out with us and we just ended up deciding you know what let's just make bim um you know we're not going to do anything super crazy with it but let's just put it together and see what happens and as soon as we created the guild like people started coming out of the woodwork that were from ralos Heck yeah. like they saw the tag and they were immediately like i was on ralos can i join we're like yeah sure and it grew pretty quickly that then our, our discussion started being should we should we start raiding should we make this a thing um this all happened within a few days on rage fire and they announced lockjaw because of the overpopulation of the server but we uh we ended up going with with yeah let's do it but let's move over to lockjaw let's get this more formalized let's you know get ourselves organized and let's go there because um we wanted to actually get it with a little bit of a running start rather than the ragtag, you know, effort that we put into it at the very beginning. Cause we were just planning to screw around. Yeah. And I mean, Hey, TL was not going to share with anybody anyway. So. Yeah. And, um, I definitely heard the, the rumors coming from the upper ranks. Like I had seen them race on to get the server first. And so there was, there was definite concern there as well that we weren't going to be able to compete because we were not near as well organized. We were all, uh, we all had careers at this point. We weren't going to be near near as focused. Um, 
I think Vulak was the most hardcore I ever was with the bat phones and the poop socking. Um, I still don't know how I found all the time for that. I just remember setting up my, my bat phone and waking up in the middle of the night. Like I would have my computer speaker set uh, for the trigger word um, as loud as they Great could Great time be. now or whatever. Yeah. Yes, yes. Because uh, I, I had to laugh going back to your episode with Larry and you guys talked about how you had to keep that all secret. Yeah. <laughs> um, otherwise, people yes. would exploit that. And I remember one night somebody had found out ours, and I'd gotten woken up, and I was so pissed about it. I was like, "Come on, like, who the God. fuck does this?" That was but Vesper. Yeah, I, Vesper was our spy. She leaked it. Yeah, and I had, uh, I had uh, audio trigger Captain Picard saying, "Red alert! All all crew to battle stations." Was mine. Nice. And so it had the the alarm from the Enterprise going off and everything. So it was loud and obnoxious and. I'm surprised. I lived in an apartment at the time. I'm surprised that with as many times as that would go off on random nights that I didn't have my neighbors complaining. But yeah, I had that turned up to full blast on my computer speakers so that as soon as that went off, I'd fly out of bed. So, but yeah. Um, so we started on Lockjaw and it really just became a take anybody that was, that was from Rallos and anybody who wanted to come join us and, and restart the guild. But we, I'd learned the lessons from Vulak. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't want to be a guild that was going to try to um, do what EOE did. I I never really liked our style there, and I think I just continued on with it out of necessity. If I wanted to play, that was my server. That's that's where I did it. Yeah. Um, but I had had enough of their their shenanigans towards God because they were still they were pushing everybody off the server. We had no recruitment base. Yeah. Um, the server was a ghost town at that point. I was just like, you know what? This isn't, this isn't for me anymore. Yeah. EOE killed the server hundred percent. They did. So I, uh, I remember quitting for a little while until lockjaw was announced. And so we got our rage fire and lockjaw. We got started there and, and that's kind of how you and I got back together with our discussions on raid rotations. Yeah. I so think that, I, I think I tried my best to not be EOE 2.0. I think you tried your best. Um, I, I won't say that you did it poorly. I think it was all just, uh, I think you did it well, actually. And you were you were almost the master manipulator during those negotiations because I could always see what you were doing. Yeah. But Mim was never in a position, like we were not going to be a bat phone guild, so we had no, yeah. we weren't going to compete for the, the free-for-alls. And we knew that. Um, you know, I think my biggest frustration was you know, almost almost feeling like I was in the middle of the pissing match between you and Dima. And so as you guys would move your chess pieces, you know, we would take what we could get there. But yeah. You guys were always at least fair with that. If it was our turn, it was our turn and you guys left it alone. So, yeah, I always felt like you guys were uh, basically an ally of ours. I thought of you in that way, at least. Yeah. Well, I remember we did the first Negafin together and that was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I, I was always very appreciative that you brought us into that because um, I was on that raid myself. Um, we didn't have a big presence there, seven or six to 10 people. I mean, we didn't have two full groups. It was maybe one, one and a half that we brought to the mix. You guys had like some no mages, right? In your group? Yeah. I remember um, the yellow robe, no mages there. Yep. Yep. Gnomes were actually a big deal on Rallos. Everybody hated gnomes. It was like a, a running joke. Um, <laughs> gnomes were, especially gnome wizards. They were the PKs, uh, largely on the server. Yeah. So everybody always had something against gnomes. In fact, there was a a gnome warrior um, in Swarm of Fear. And did you ever hear about the BFG quest in um, EverQuest? Yeah. Frigid the, Nasher? 
Yes. So he got that. And that worked on other players and, and on Rallos, you could cast it on players. And I'll never forget, we were up in playing a sky and he was fucking around with it. And I remember I was an officer in Swarm or in Shadow of the Swarm at this point. I told him, I'm like, Tizzo, fucking knock it off, dude. Like, we got to get this <laughs> this done. You're going to kick somebody off of an island or something. And whatever I said, you know, I said it in a way that pissed him off. So he turned around and he used it on me. And sure, sure enough, he shot me across the zone. <clears throat> I flew off the island and I died embedded in the side of a Freedy's hut on his island. I was so pissed because then it was a whole effort to get me back up there. And, and this was waste when, everybody's time. This was when keys still disappeared. So I had to go find a wizard who wasn't raining with us to port me back up there. And we had to, um, I think I could, you could buy the key to that Island. So I had, I'd just buy the key and zone back up to a Freedy and get my corpse that way. But I, it was just one of those, like it took time out of the raid and I was so pissed, but yeah, he had that, uh, and he was a gnome wizard or gnome warrior. Yeah. So he was running around with that. And, um, I loved the guy, but, but that, that particular day, I was just so irritated. Like Tizzo put that thing away. That is not a toy to be playing with up here. And they ended up taking it out of the game. It's, it's not a quest you could finish anymore. Yeah, but I remember being afraid of gnomes on Rallisette because like every funky rogue I ran into was a gnome. Yeah, I just yeah. saw him and I didn't trust him immediately. I'm like, mm, this guy's gonna kill me. Everybody, everybody had a gnomes always got looked at twice on yeah. Rallis. They were never a, a race that you would just let walk into the room and be okay with it. Yeah, That's yeah, so there funny. were a lot of things like that. I mean, just the. We could we could literally go on for hours of all the stories I have of Rallos. I met so many great people. Um, I met some developers for uh, uh, Dark Ages of Camelot. Oh, that um, game was great. Yeah, uh, they were in a guild called Imperial Forum. Uh, their leader Copper was actually one of their uh, high end developers. I don't I never don't think I ever learned his real life name, or if I have, I forgot it. But then uh, there was a ranger, uh, Kitaria. Um, admittedly in my early days of EverQuest, I had a little bit of a crush on her. Uh Oh yeah. Now, she and I grouped a lot. We would, uh, we would get together and like lesser fate arc and kill the Nybright sisters. Nice. Um, we, uh, I think we camped my J boots together. We did a lot of things like that. Just, just hanging out. But she, uh, she was like a producer for the game or something like that. I'd have to go back and look at her credentials, but, um, yeah, she, uh, her name was Yvette Nash. So she, she spent a lot of time in the gaming industry. Um, I, last time I Googled her name just to see what she was up to. Uh, she had, she had some notable, notable game, um, experience on there in terms of that she had games she had worked on. So that's awesome. Um, I had Rytan, uh, got to meet Lindro, the GM at one of the meetups. Mim was always really big about meetups. Um, you guys even did that on the TLP servers, right? Mm-hmm. We still do it. Uh, my uh, my bachelor party ended up being a big meetup. There were like 20 to 25 of us in, in uh, Las Vegas for that. Um, we uh, During my time on Rallos, so like I said, I started playing when I was 18 um, in high school. And I think my first trip was a swarm of fear trip down to Texas, Austin, Texas when I was 20. So I wasn't old enough to drink at the time. Hmm. That was a good time. We were literally, there was about 30 of us crammed in a two bedroom apartment for that trip. Ooh. 
and we uh i remember my my spot to sleep was underneath the kitchen table <laughs> and uh i i distinctly remember it. there was enough room under there that i was comfortable there was plenty of room under there but we did that and then the next uh next meetup i had was a big mem one out in la um it was hosted by zeta she was she was kind of the um we'll call her the the bell of of Rallos. um very beautiful woman she um everybody had a crush on zeta but she was not one to to mingle with that on the server she was there to play a game she was not there to start relationships but that's um, good and rare yeah everybody knew knew how pretty she was uh, very sweet woman uh, her real name's melissa and we had a great time she her parents had gone on vacation so we had her apartment in her parents house that were about a mile apart from each other so we had a really big party that saturday night um i had flown into lax one of the uh, lead gms had picked me up i'm forgetting his name but lindro was with him mm -hmm. um we went to we hung out we went to six flags out there um had a big party that saturday night and um, that's when I met Raitan and discovered that, oh my God, my old guild leader is actually a, uh, a developer. <laughs> and uh, he brought a couple other devs that I don't remember there, but we had a great time. Um, that was the first time that Tig and I had met in real life. He was the guy from Ascending Dawn. Um, and there's a, a picture of all of us. We took a group photo of all of us flipping off the camera for the Peace Breakers. Nice. Because um, they were not well liked at that point. I think that was that was probably right in the middle of the rebirth war. Because um, that war went on for at least four to six months. But uh, yeah, um, after that, we did another small gathering in Colorado that I remember. And that was when I was in MEM. Uh, there were about eight of us that got together there. And just throughout the years, um, we've, we've made it a point to get together and actually meet each other. Um, Especially awesome. when I took over on the TLPs. That was something that organization was better at that point. So I really wanted to continue that. Since the start of uh, our time on lockdown, we've probably had five or six uh, wow. different trips where we've gotten together large groups of us. Um, most wish, of them almost always occur in Vegas. I, I kind of wish I had done something like that over the years. It's, you know... Honestly, that I think that's the thing that I take the most away from EverQuest. A lot of people have been in it for, you know, listening to Quark and stories. Like, he was always well-known throughout the entire community, um, you know, listening about his road trip and, and whatnot. But for me, it was always about the people. Yeah. Um, you know, I my friends, similar to Quark, and they'd always be like, you need to come hang out with us. I'd be like, no, I got to play EverQuest because that truly became my close knit group of friends. I still have a handful of friends from my high school days and whatnot that I still talk to and get together with. Um, but like one of, one of the officers, um, from MIM, uh, Lockjaw and Beyond, 5 um, his, his name cleverly cause he was a police officer. So he, uh, he was in my wedding. Um, he was one of my groomsmen. Wow. And, wow. uh, believe it or not, I actually had more mim show up to my wedding. I did a, a destination wedding and so they were all for it. So <laughs> I had more mim show up than I did actual family members of mine. Um, wow. <laughs> it was funny, but yeah, we did it on the cruise ship in the middle of the Pacific ocean. And I mean, credit to my family. I had to do a legal wedding on land and a lot of them came to that. Cause they're like, I don't want to go spend five grand to, 
to watch you get married and I can appreciate Fair. that. Yeah. Especially <laughs> with, you know, I'm, I'm one of the older cousins. So a lot of, a lot of my aunts and uncles still had, had kids that they would have to pay to bring along. And, mm. but yeah, I, uh, um, that's always been what it's been for me. It's always about the people and the relationships that we formed. So even when, you know, we weren't playing EverQuest together, we'd have uh, chat groups going and text messages and things of that nature. It really was uh, a good time. And one of our more recent meetups, uh, I always have a phrase when I log into the game. I get in Discord and, you know, greetings and salutations, everybody. How you doing? So that became my tagline, greetings and salutations. And so nice. one of the uh, MIM members had the idea to create a challenge coin um, okay. to pass along at the the meet and greets. So anybody who attends one gets one. And so he he made a couple hundred of them or so. But on one side, it has the MIM logo. And then on the other side, it uh, has the phrase greetings and salutations. And so that was kind of a shout out they did to me, which which um, I have to say I was very humbled by it. I was thought that was really cool that we did that so that's cool you know i've never seen anyone outside of like the, the military use challenge coins before so it's cool to hear that uh you guys did yeah yeah i'll have to send you a picture of that yeah um, that'd be cool we uh i have a whole off to find them admittedly they're packed in a box right now right yeah you're but, moving soon or whatever right or did yeah. you already move no uh it's coming up in a couple weeks so we bought a house we've been remodeling it and the last of the uh the countertops and it went in yesterday backsplash is being finished up monday and then we're done so nice so we can officially move in so we're going to start small moves we got to the end of the month so so we're going to start moving stuff slowly where where does mim go from here now like what's what's next in the future for you that's a good question um we talked about starting another chapter on oakwind and it it just what isn't the right time for me and nobody else uh felt like they wanted to take up the leadership reins well they're all Um, smart that's why Right. No, I, uh, with, with my daughter being born in November, um, I wasn't, I wasn't confident that I could take up the reins at this point. And I'm also at a stage in my career where I'm, I'm, you know, why you get in the point where you're, you've been working really hard and you're still working really hard and you're on that edge of getting to a point where maybe you can, you know, hit that promotion. That's, that's a little more relaxed, but mm-hmm. you know, still where you want to be. Yep. So I'm kind of at that stage where I need to keep grinding and I didn't want down to. hard until you get to the promised land. Yes. And I'm, I'm doing a lot of travel for work. And so it was just one of those, I was like, I don't think this is the right time for me. And we we're also leery about how the first to engage was going to work. Um, yeah. When they first rolled it out on test, the horror stories were like, yeah, this is definitely not going to happen. Um, so we agreed we would just play casually, um, in another guild on Oakland, um, which guild are you in? Things out. Um, pixel therapy. Okay. Okay. And not the worst guild to join. So that's good. No, no, they're, they're, uh, they're all right. People I have no issues with them. The leader was actually former mem. There you go. Um, Perfect. So yeah, it, it was just a natural fit. And um, like I said, good people I've enjoyed, you know, playing casually. It's been kind of a nice break. Um, I'd be a liar to say, I don't have that itch to lead, but I know I don't have the time. Yeah. We've talked about trying to put something together next year for the 25th anniversary. But, I think um, you should. I think it sounds like just what I'm hearing through the grapevine, everybody, and I mean everybody, is going to come back for the 25th anniversary. So it's going to be a madhouse. Yeah, um, which concerns me because their servers do not have the best history of supporting a lot of people. Yeah. So I'm sure they'll probably have to look at doing two servers at a minimum. Well, 
I'm sure they'll just fumble the ball and come up with a really dumbass rule set and all the, the, the goodwill will fade away. And I'm, I have a feeling they're going to take the best of every TLP and throw it all into one. They should. It should be six weeks or so expansions, kind of like a little bit slower than Cello, but faster than normal with uh, mischief loot mm -hmm. and ship it. Yeah, maybe even the first to engage. Who maybe, knows? Yeah. I mean, it's it's worked out well. I think that's reduced a lot of the griefing in the regular zones. Um, yeah. It'll certainly be interesting for the free-for-all open world content for rating, but but yeah, the uh, you're you're gonna just gonna get bards in there being the first to tag stuff. But yeah, um, you know, I think after all these years, I'm pretty much over the open world thing. I'm I'm just like, hey, I'll see you in Gates of Discord, okay? When when content stops becoming just purely auto attack, th then we'll see yeah. who's the top guild. Exactly, or at least you know maybe planes of power where you have to have a coordinated effort to get it finished. Like whoever, I've always thought whoever truly wins the power planes of power races is your. Um, Maybe not your top tier guild, but that's the first one where it's a fair race at least. Because yeah. outside of Plane of Storms, which anymore is a joke with the number of medallions that drop, yeah, um, there's there's nothing to cock block anymore. So yeah, yeah, I, I so think that would be a fun one. That's but a good yeah, we're, take on it. We're talking about next year, so we'll we'll see if that comes to fruition. Um, we've we want to do it. Um, if I can't lead off to find somebody who's willing to, but that's a great thing about MIM is I've always said, it's a, it's not about me. It's not one leader. Um, anybody who truly wants to take up the reins, the, the group will follow. So, so hopefully yeah. that's, that's the case, but we'll see. I mean, you never know. So right. that's, that's kind of the goal. Awesome. How about well, you? What's, what's next for faceless? You're, you're rating on, uh, uh, not Thornblade Mischief right now, right? Still active yeah. there. Faceless has been the top guild on Mischief. It was a. I don't know if you know the, the history, and I probably shouldn't go too deep in it here, but um, it was a bumpy road. Me and Krim started a guild, a combined guild called Faceless X in Virtue. So Faceless plus IV. Oh, um, Krims. <laughs> and we did Classic and Kunark together. Obviously, won those. No competition at all. But I didn't like the plat raid game. I didn't like how the guild fell. So I split off and made the faceless, which we had reserved all the way back from Vulak. Mm -hmm. um, actually, Liren Melisine had um, saved it for me. So we pulled that back out, started our own guild. Um, the Invirtue guys, aka uh, Greed is Good, is what they became. And it was really yep. like a lot of Twisted Legion, Am Amtrak, AOS guys, plus Krim. Um, they won Velius, Luckland, and Pop. Our Pop launch, instead of rushing Plane of Time, we we did a really stupid thing, which was we we split the entire pop launch, and um, wow, I never want to do that again. It was very painful. That would be very hard to track from a flag perspective, if nothing else. Oh yeah, and then um, God and beyond, F faceless has won every single expansion. Okay, awesome. And yeah, right now I... we're we're heading into seeds of uh, seeds of uh, discord, seeds of destruction, seeds of destruction. Yeah, yeah. That's a great expansion. Yeah, I, uh, that's one of those that I've wanted to replay, but never made it to it on a TLP. The two big things I want to do on the server, I want to get the uh, Grand Slam achievement in Underfoot. Only one guild has ever done it. And uh, like even on live, it was never done. And I want to uh, kill Miratus in Era. Those are my two big goals. Other than that, um, it seems like Faceless is just going to, you know, we're at that point where it's going to go. It's going to be fine. And the server has like 20 guilds on it. I yeah, I've up, heard the population is extremely healthy for the longevity of the server so far. 
it's it's nuts. Um, I set up this guild leader Discord where all the guild the, the leaders and officers of all the guilds are in there, and we talk and coordinate. Um, we gave out a ton of flags for Crystalos and stuff uh, for SOFs flagging. So everything is really good, very much kumbaya. You know what I mean? Nice. So you you achieved what you had hoped for Lockjaw. Yeah, yeah. Many years later, and with the help yes. of agents of change and stuff. Yeah, that's uh, no, that's really awesome. Hats off to you trying to work it out with Crims early on because that had to be difficult. I uh, I know you'll save that story for another day, but um, he was one of those I always I always butted heads in my experiences with him. He was difficult to deal with, so that was yeah, quite well, the undertaking to try to make that happen. I'll say Crim is a good guy, but he he, he's got a big ego, um, and I have a big ego, and it's just too much ego in one space. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, yeah. he's he's definitely. I I don't think he's a bad guy by any stretch. I just know he can be really hard to work with. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but no, hey, uh, Dupree, it has been really wonderful having you on the the podcast. Um, hopefully, we get to play again together yeah. in the future. Is there anyone you want to shout out or anything before we wrap up? I mean, the truth be told, I I just have to say it's it's an honor to be here, especially following up the conversation with Corkin. Yeah. Um, of all the people on Ralos, I, in the grand scheme of things, I'm, I'm surprised that I'm here talking about Ralos with you because I, I know it's just because we know each other, but um, especially the early history, I'm definitely not the best person for. Um, but, you know, it was, it was really fun. I have to thank you because just taking the, the trip down memory lane the last few days while I've been thinking about this has been absolutely amazing. Yeah. And, you know, shout out to to all my all my friends that i played with over the years uh that's that's what it's all been about and yeah. um, i look forward to future memories with them and and with you as well i hope that uh i hope that we do end up aligning on maybe the 25th anniversary server and we get to to have those those that exposure to each other again on a regular basis yeah that'd be cool if i if i announce a guild i'm sure all the all the evil forces of norath will align to to form a super guild to fight me so i don't know if i can well, commit but maybe i'll play Hopefully, it does. I mean, you did it once. You're welcome always. Um, yeah. Hopefully, it doesn't turn into to the server launch with, I forget which server. Was it Cello, where everybody got the cameos? Yeah, that was Cello. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. it doesn't turn into that. But at the same time, that was entertaining. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll get Ice Cube back in here. There we go. Yeah. There we go. All right, bro. It was awesome. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Talk to you later. Yep. Drum Quest out.